Real Nerds is a proud partner of the Denver Podcast Network. In the shadow of the mountains, we, we speak. speak. Coming to you from the X Access, it's John of All Trades with your host, John X. Welcome, welcome, welcome to this John of All Trades podcast promo. Each Wednesday, I bring you a brand new interview with someone fascinating and ask the question we all ask when we meet someone new. Hey, what do you do? It's fun, informative, and it's the 2017 Westward Reader's Choice Award winner for Best Denver Podcast, iTunes, Stitcher, and johnofalltrades.us. Oh, hi, podcast listeners. There's many ways you can listen to the Real Nerds podcast. You can subscribe on iTunes. You can also subscribe on Stitcher Radio. You want to send us a Twitter message? You can do that. It's so easy, at Real Nerds. Like us on Facebook, Real Nerds Podcast. You can visit our website, realnerdspodcast.com, where there will be a lot of articles for you to not only read, but to listen to our previous shows. You can also call us, 720-6Nerds5. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show. Hi, this is Georges Genty, and you are listening to Real Nerds Podcast. This is Real Nerds Podcast, and we're welcoming you to our awesome podcast show. I'm Ryan. With me is Zach and Brad. And every week on Real Nerds Podcast, we see a new movie and we podcast our experience to the world. This week, we saw Dumbo. So stay tuned to the end of the show where we will tell hey, you. Hey, don't talk to Zach like that. <laughs> Excuse me. It's Tim Burton's Dumbo. <laughs> oh, Wait, I got to save that. Um, so stay tuned to the end of the show where we'll tell you if you should see the uh, movie or not and then play the trailer and then spoil the movie. Um, we also have a live show May 6th at the Bug Theater, and it's not just any live show. It's our 400th consecutive week of doing a show. Actually, it's more than 400 consecutive weeks. It's just our number 400th episode. Um, so there'll be uh, fun times had by all. I'll be your host, and we're going to go down memory lane. I'm going to embarrass every single one of these guys up on stage. <laughs> Basically, I'm going to pull down their pants, and um, there's going to be – uh, it's not going to be like underwear. It's going to be like another pair of pants. It's going to be like those nesting dolls from Russia. And we'll see how many pants we can pull down. Or you mean like Russian doll now on Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> I got to get. I still haven't seen that show. <laughs> I got to get doing those cock push ups then. Yep. You only need to do one. Okay. <laughs> and the show is free, by the way. So come on. Now. Yep. How's everybody's. Yeah. How, how's everybody. Oh, yeah. It's free. Yeah. Free, free, free. And yeah. also, we'll be at Denver Comic Con. Oh, oh, sorry. Denver Pop Culture Con. <laughs> And um, now, now we're kicked out. <laughs> uh, you can stop by our booth and record with us. And just like last year, if you want to see kind of what we do, there is tons of interviews online that we did from last year. Um, I will point you to one I really like. I listened to it recently again is uh, Liv Hayden uh, was an author and we bonded over Zombievers. Mm -hmm. That's a really fun one. And you should definitely check that one out. Um, she's a really nice lady. And uh, for some reason, I really enjoy interviewing authors. I think they have really fascinating stories to tell. They better. Oh, I hope. <laughs> um, but, you know, sometimes you, you go into that where is a writer boring? Um, but I guess that's just a pre preconceived notion. They're like Millhouse or something, but they're actually funny and uh, good stuff. So hopefully we'll get more. And, um, yeah, as the con gets closer, hopefully we'll have a little more set schedule on our panels. Uh, we usually end up on Sunday. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. So if if we're running around, just know. I mean, I did. 
turns out they scheduled this for Monday. I, like, the I con's did. not even going on. <laughs> I did eight panels last year. Zachy did three. Yeah. And three. James did two, two. that were successful and one that where I was a bumbling idiot. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I had to do a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers one, and I knew absolutely nothing about it except the Pink Ranger was attractive. The the one that went <laughs> bad um, uh, had a co-writer of Wreck-It Ralph and Moana on it. Um, I can't remember. I, it, but she was on a podcast that I listened to recently, and I was just like, oh, God. Did she crazy. mention you? No. And I was that, that the, the whole time I was listening, I was just like, I wonder if she's going to talk about some idiot she met in Denver. No. So how you bail yourself <laughs> out when you ever have a Moana person on your panel uh-huh. and they look at you like you're stupid just look at them and go you're welcome <laughs> and then everybody will laugh and you just sold it um see all, all the women on that panel were very nice at my stupidity so, so <laughs> zach if you're ever an idiot just be like me and keep on fighting through it and just <laughs> pretend like it never happened <laughs> because so you because like, you gotta rem- like, it's like the end of the first record ralph where he's like i may be bad but that's okay <laughs> yeah. just keep fighting through it yep that's all you gotta do i like it i love yep. it I'm going to go with that. You know, when on. you're you're interviewing Pink Ranger and you say something to her and she looks at you like is the dumbest question she's ever heard uh-huh. and she didn't understand it and she goes, what'd you say? Then just change the question. Yeah. Well, you also had the uh, the, the, the comfort uh, or what is it? The uh, the nice advantage of not being the biggest dick on that panel. That is true. You, yeah. According I to mean, what you told Jason me. Jason David Frank did show up 25 minutes late. And um, what's the Pink Ranger's name again? She's awesome. Kimberly. Amy Jo Johnson. Amy Jo Johnson. Very nice young woman. And um, we had moments when he was talking, and it was really amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't say it on I the mean, podcast. <laughs> you, can watch the, you can watch the panel online at Denver Pop Culture Gun? Is it still under Denver <laughs> Comic Con? I don't know. Um, and you can watch me interview. I don't know if it picks it up, but me and her had these um, eye contact-like looks. Uh-huh. Um, basically going, oh, okay, this is what we're doing. Yeah. And we had these funny little giggles, and she hugged me off stage. She's a really nice young lady. Best panel that I got to do that year, though, was the first one I did with Tony Medina and Stacey Robinson. That was a yep. really fun one. And um, you can see that picture on uh, for Pop Culture Con. Yeah, I'm apparently <laughs> a mascot for education, which <laughs> yep. is absolutely a terrible idea, DC. I was going to say it, but, you know. <laughs> and I, I should have wrote them going, like, guys, this is like a picture of a moron. Don't promote him on your thing. Love the guy in this picture. <laughs> so make sure uh, all weekend you're wearing a real nerd's t-shirt or yep. something so that if you get a picture taken of you so, candidly you're yeah. still advertising so for yeah us. so exactly. uh not only the real nerd shirts but we also have another exclusive con merch it's the only exclusive con merch yeah it's brad we're auctioning um, them off i, mentioned I, I thought week. so we're not having the shirts there no the shirts will be there but oh, they're but not the, exclusive the, the exclusive merch is that's in the program yeah um but yeah we'll have uh pint glasses yep. that are really dope mm-hmm. so you can pick those up at our booth as well so come say hi to us yeah we like it. We will we will trade them for uh, $10 bills. Yes, $10. <laughs> you can't give um, us two fives, not no. one. I want I want a Hamilton or nothing. And you can't give us a 20 cuz we're not going to give you two tens back cuz we want tens. That's all we want. Guys. All we're saying is t- I I really enjoy one. Denver Comic Con, Culture Con <laughs> and um, we've been trained to say it the other way for 7 years. I know. So. Well, I was doing so well for so long, but now it's gearing up and it's like when I'm new thinking man- about it. It's like when new management comes into an old place, like after like a corporate buyout, and you're just like, no, you, you can't call it 20th Century Fox anymore. You have to call it Disney Fox now, or yeah. Dis- Walt Disney Company now. You know, and it's and I, honestly, the wonderful people at Denver Pop Culture Con that they entrust me to do panels is amazing. I will share this behind the scenes thing from last year. 
is I thought I was done with panels on Sunday, and I already did three or maybe four of them. I can't remember. I think you did, like, more than that. (laughs) On Sunday, I think I did four of them. Uh And then um, Sunday, I was about done. I was winding down. I really wanted to interview uh, the Monster Squad, Wolfman Gottenard's documentary guys, because they're amazing. And I got approached by someone from Denver Pop Culture Con who asked me if I could fill in in 20 minutes in an X-Men panel. Right. Um, and I did. And luckily, all the dudes who were up there were also really prolific comic writers and artists. And uh, and I was able to parlay that into uh, not just X-Men stuff, because I really don't read X-Men comics. I know enough umbrella stuff about X-Men that I can wing it. This is what you know. Magneto. Cerebro. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know that stuff. I can say that Mr. Sinister is my favorite X-Men villain. Okay. Um, I can't even say that. <laughs> so, but what the great thing about uh, comic book writers is a lot of them will tell you stories. Mm-hmm. So if you can just get them going, um, they would tell really great stories. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So just... Who do we have? Like, Isn't Neil Adams coming this year? Oh, he comes every year. Uh, I didn't That's know what he she came said. last year. <laughs> Uh, so yeah did you hear that prolific writer of a green lantern run <laughs> you are now the victim of our cum joke <laughs> uh so also uh zach you finished your clint eastwood <laughs> articles how many parts were there uh, 19 19 chapters of me wavering back and forth on like you know what the, did you read the, did you end up reading like the final line i did read the, so the article the end of the article i kind of going like I, look i know some people might think i'm like too harsh on this guy or i'm not harsh enough and then i quoted that line from the mule like for whatever it's worth i'm sorry <laughs> and like that's basically what the whole series was because when i started writing it i was not because f- one i was like you know i was still kind of in the middle of my like drinking haze so i was like and trying to recover and i was like I don't really know exactly what's going on in the country. And then I lo- and then as the time went on writing the series about this icon of Americana, I'm like, "Oh, <laughs> stuff has changed and I have to reevaluate how I process films." So, and like so it didn't like change my opinion. I still love Clint Eastwood, but it made me evaluate his films in a way that I probably wouldn't have originally. So, so now this is all over. I am sure I've asked you this before, but I can't remember. What made you want to do his filmography like what spurred you to watch all those films um it was two things one is is that i was um i was at a rehab center in costa mesa depressed as shit and i was re-watching um uh unforgiven and the dirty harry movies like for some reason those unforgiven is awesome uh, unforgiven is great i um i loved re-watching it last week um, so I was just like, hey, you know what? I've got nothing to do. And I pitched it to Brad. I was just like, can I just write a series of articles for the site? Cause he's like, yes, we need content. And it was the nicest blanket statement Brad's ever given me. So, um, the other one was, is that just no dick pics. <laughs> yeah, please. The other one is, is that like at the beginning of the series, I wrote about this, like when I was 13, um, I was a, and I still am a big Martin Scorsese fan and I was getting into him at the time. And I wanted the aviator to win best picture. And some girl in my class, in my eighth grade class, like told me that she, she thought Fuck, million dollars came out when you're in eighth grade. Yeah. Fuck, I'm old. Yeah. For, for more details on eighth grade, see the movie eighth grade. But um, uh, Gucci, she, she wanted, she wanted um, a million dollar baby to win. And I hadn't seen million dollar baby. I hadn't heard of it. And I, I got defensive like a 
typical male jerk and going like, no, the aviator should win. And then I, and then I retreated back to my dork hole. Wait, did, what, that, what school did you go to where you're arguing with a female over a million dollar baby and aviator? Uh, West Middle School. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right. um, I don't know. Like, it was just like, it was just like that conversation. But I actually friended her on Facebook, like around the time I started writing the article. And I was like, I remember that. And I didn't tell her, I didn't message her like, hey, I'm taking this story and making it the impetus for a series <laughs> of articles. But I remembered it. And like, the, by the time I actually saw Clint Eastwood films, like, or at least like recognized the name Clint Eastwood, wasn't until like two years later. And I saw Million Dollar Baby, thought it was ama- pretty amazing. Not not better than The Aviator, but pretty amazing. Um, and so, like, I kind of wanted to dissect him as an icon, really, um, because like, he, but more than anything, I, the actor is one thing, but he's a really talented filmmaker. And the thing that by the time I got to the end of the series, the thing that troubles me about Clint Eastwood ultimately is that he's so stuck in his ways that he can't push himself further anymore um, because he's not, I think it's because he's not willing to, I think uh, um, his latest movies, I think Sully's really good at him. Sully's the best of them. Like pushing himself because yeah. it's, it's dealing with, you know, post-traumatic syndrome. Yes. But it and... also has a high level of jingoism, which he's been getting into lately. Yeah. Well, that's why I, did not like American Sniper. Yeah, and see, American Sniper, I feel... It's just too a, on the nose. It, it is, but I think it does a good job for what it's trying to do. I think Sully deserves a Best Picture nom over American Sniper. Um, but uh, but 1517 to Paris, I've already been very clear on that. Uh, and The Mule, I think The Mule could have been a great film, but he got it in his own way, mm. and he made it into what he thought his audience wanted to see, which it turned out that they wanted to see that because that movie made a shit ton of money at the box office. Yes. Um, but I just think at the end of the day, like if, if the mule were it, then that, then it, then it immediately for me gets another star because I'm like, this is the last one. And it in a way wraps up Clint Eastwood, the movie star. But as we've known over the years, he never stays put. So I can only imagine he's going to make like five more films before he goes down. And I'm going to have to write about him and make, make like a post epilogue and all this stuff. Like uh, Brad and I have been talking about making it into a little like self-published book. But like the issue is, is that I'll have to revise that fucker every time he makes a movie. Well, yeah. We should just wait till he kicks the bucket. Yeah. I'm pretty <laughs> sure I'm going to have to do that. So, uh, so the next series I do, I've, I, I either got to pick a dead person or I've got a, Pick a person who I know will never make another movie again. Yeah, it's fine. Like I, so I always do this because I, it gives me purpose. If that makes sense, it gives me and I. I thought that was your child, but no, whatever. no not like. <laughs> what was the movie about your special purpose? Not not my personal purpose, oh, but um, it keeps me focused uh, when I'm doing stuff for the podcast. So, oh, the jerk. That's it. You're yeah. like the jerk. <laughs> Sweet. Um, I was raised at port. No, I'm just, uh, so <laughs> I. Uh, so that's why I do specific actors I like yeah. because then you can always focus on something. Mm-hmm. And that's why, you know, you're sometimes I'm pleasantly surprised like the Emily Blunt stuff. I was always a really big fan of her. Mm-hmm. But as you start getting deeper into their filmography and you start exploring them as an actor, mm-hmm. it's it's pretty fun. And so, you know, this Cary Grant thing, I I think I'm going to be able to see almost all of them. I was just digging around Amazon one day, and I haven't bought it yet. But it's and it's only twenty five bucks. But it's eighteen of his pre code movies, mm-hmm. and I already have like three of them. Yeah. But I think the other fifteen is worth the twenty five dollars. Oh yeah. Um, if nothing else, to save that in case there's a big fire that destroys all physical media. Right. Yeah. And so, 
Um, so I think I'm be able to get most of them. I mm-hmm. think there's just a, two or three that might be really hard to find, or just lost entirely. <laughs> um, I don't Which think any of his right. movies are lost because I actually, um, I don't think that any of them are lost. But I think acquiring them so because there's some that there's like a TCM imprint of movies. Yeah, the TCM vault. Yeah. So there's three or four of them on there, mm-hmm. and they're like twenty five dollars for one Blu-ray. Yep. I mean, not Blu-ray DVD. Yeah. So. I'm gonna. I want to see if I can find them. They, they slyly put a Jack Benny movie in that TCM vault thing called Artists and Models, which is a, which is. I, I mean, I have a way of getting Jack Benny movies, but uh, I would like official copies of them. But my, my I guess my say how I question them. is: Did you have you seen anything on the TCM? Do they remaster them, or are they just? It doesn't say. It just it just like it it just says this is the movie. If if it's MOD, which it looks like it, it is. is, I don't think it's going to be remastered. Bummer. I think it's going to be whatever they have. As the source file that they play on the channel. I mean, I guess which it's still means it Warner's, be, I guess. Yeah, which it means it might be as updated as it can be. Um, but because yeah. I'll, I'll talk about a movie I saw this week that is only available on Amazon Prime. Nice. Um, I mean, like, and I mean, that's the salvage of, like, digital streaming is that you can watch some of these films that are otherwise completely unaccessible. Like, I still like. Like so, I was gonna say this. I've narrowed down to the four subjects that I might cover for the next article series. Um, only one of them is still active in the industry. The other three are dead. Um, uh, it would either be the Coen Brothers, uh, Jack Benny, George Burns, or Alfred Hitchcock, because those are mm. four subjects that I'm interested in. I had a friend who did an Alfred Hitchcock one. I I'm really interested in doing it from the perspective of really getting to examine his early silent films. Yeah, because a lot of them are available on Criterion. Um, and also his later stuff like Family Plot and um, Frenzy, which which are films that I think get um, un, uh, inappropriately maligned. I think he might be fun to watch because you could see his growth as a, a filmmaker, right? And it would and I would I, the key on that one would be I get to talk a lot about Alma Revel, which I believe is the secret to the entire Hitchcock operation is his wife. Um, outside of Hitchcock, the Showman and stuff like that. Um, but like I mean, with Jack Benny and George Burns. The issue, uh, the issue with Jack Benny is that it would be a dissection of a star that should have probably never been in movies, but he mm. got like really good ones somehow, and he was great in them. With George Burns, it would be okay. He did all these movies in the 30s and 40s, and then stopped for 35 years, and yeah. then came back all of a sudden, which yeah. I think find utterly fascinating. And then the Coen Brothers, because they're the fucking Coen Brothers, and like yep. we can talk about them for fucking hours. So, um, or at least I can. I don't know about you two. Um, but so, yeah, like my whole thing is like if I'm going to keep writing about stuff, I want to do it where I deconstruct something a little sure. bit as best as I can. Like like with Cary Grant, I'd love to do it. But I yeah. also let me know. I got the movies. I'm also aware that like if I did Cary Grant that like I would want to find I would have to also watch another actor to do a comparison by. Mm. Like I was thinking about it. Jimmy that, Stewart might be a good one. I was also going to say Gregory Peck. Or Gregory Peck. Gregory Peck is like. He's awesome. It's not to say that Cary Grant's not handsome, but like Gregory Peck, for some reason, I find him more handsome in terms of like if we're going to compare the two. I think it's because of the rugged attitude yeah, maybe. that Gregory Peck had. Gregory maybe Peck's that's awesome. maybe that's me, but like I do feel when it's all said and done that uh, for Cary Grant, you'd have to also look at all the other leading men. Clark Gable would be extremely interesting because yeah. his his film career changes significantly after the death of his wife Carol Lombard. Um, mm-hmm. His his trajectory changes. In an interesting way, and he dies really young, so or yeah. young by oh, I agree. people standards. So he died not too long after Marilyn Monroe, which makes the Misfits kind of a weird cursed movie. So, um, but yeah, anyway, Clint Eastwood, it's done. Um, I technically still have to do a ranking article, but that's gonna be like 
That'll be posted whenever. Um, yeah, no, yeah. I should probably start doing the Cary Grant one because I'm up to almost 40 movies. <laughs> so I should probably start I'm surprised you getting a... I'm surprised you haven't started talking like him. <laughs> I, I wish. He, You know, it's interesting. He has such a unique cadence. Yeah. I think he's really hard to imitate. Because I think he's trying to hide his English accent. Uh, you know, I, I read about that. It's really interesting. Um, So he came from, you know, lower class Bristol. Right. And so when he went into vaudeville, mm-hmm. uh, he went with a troupe that went to America, and they told him, you know, you can't talk this way because it's, you know, like, hey, I'll meet you down the corner. <laughs> and he said, you know, people won't understand you. So he worked uh, really hard on to get rid of it, mm-hmm. and he kind of blended an American and an English accent, which I totally get now. Yeah. If you, if that's, you listen that, to it, yeah. And that's why he works as an American or an English guy, mm-hmm. because... He can fl- he can flip it. He around. can flip it around, and it's 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 an interesting one. Like you, I mean, when you hear other radio actors in comedies, like whether it's Burns and Allen, Jack Benny, mm-hmm. or Edgar Bergen, or Bob Hope, anybody who's on the show doing a character that's a Grant, Cary Grant type over exaggerates that cadence. Yeah, like it, and it's great. And MST MST three K did it recently with the uh, um, with the. Sc- the scuba episode where they made fun of his acid trips, um, yeah. which I found really funny. It's 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 tough. I, I'll I'll listen to it a little more and I'll try. It. Maybe I'll listen to it. his radio shows around the Criterion. So maybe I'll listen to those a little closely. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So my next one's going to be Kate Blanchett. Ooh. I've already decided. There you go. Because uh, I was going to do like another old timey movie mm-hmm. uh, star, but I've seen so many now. Sometimes you need like not old timey movies. And also that's my territory, so you yeah. shut your mouth. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> When I get done with Cary Grant, it'll be Kate Blanchett. And I thought that would be fun, too. Because yeah. one, like, she's no Emily Blunt, but I still have this crush on <laughs> Kate Blanchett. You hear that, Kate Blanchett? <laughs> but she's also in stuff, Lord of the Rings and action movies and things like that. The so, Gift. The oh, Gift. I love The Gift. Indiana Jones. I heard a, Indiana Jones and the I Crystal a, Skull. I heard a podcast on The Gift recently that where they were like, this was somehow an Oscar contender. And I was like, I guess... Because this is like after Elizabeth, so there was buzz around oh, no, her as freaking, an actress. I think The Gift is amazing. Giovanni uh, Ribsby is awesome in it. Keanu right. Reeves is amazing in it. Right, but it was um, like, but it, like the Oscar buzz around it is a weird aura that yeah. like it doesn't fit somehow. Um, and that podcast kind of verified my reasons why. But it also, like, I also still like the movie. It's interesting to watch her in between Elizabeth and. Um, Lord of the Rings. Yes, yeah, I've never seen her, Aviator, Elizabeth, I'm sorry, uh, her Elizabeth stuff, so I'm, I'm fascinated. Yeah. It does um, mean you'll have to watch a Martin Scorsese movie called I, The Aviator. I like Martin Scorsese. You do? You keep oh, on missing oh, oh, miss me up with James. I'm you sorry. Yeah, that's right. You don't. You like good movies, James. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, anyway. yeah, that's what we got. That was a long thing. But, you know, Corinne sent us a movie she's been watching. This is Catching the Classics with Corinne. Hey nerds, Corinne here for part 17 of Catching the Classics, where I watch famous and popular movies I've never seen before and send them my reviews. This week, The Truman Show. Yeah, I've never seen The Truman Show before. This, I'm like really mad at myself. <laughs> I've never seen it, but I mean, I've had pretty much the entire premise and um, the ending of the movie spoiled for me just over the years, like, I know the premise of the show, or I knew the premise of the show going into it, that it was about Truman, played by Jim Carrey, that he um, was raised basically in this sort of fictional world, this, like, TV show, where he's the only real thing in it, and everybody just kind of follows, like, the cameras follow him around in his day, and, um, yeah, it's, I mean, I really, really like the premise. Obviously, I felt bad for Truman. It was very, um, 
you know, it's not fair that, you know, he's being watched like that. He, that he is basically this source of entertainment and it's like his life, like his life is the source of entertainment. Like he's not an actor. Like this is genuine. Like he thinks everything around him is real. And obviously I was like, this is, this is a freaking bullshit, but I could totally see how people would be, um, you know, like why that would be so popular. But, um, and I know that at the very end, um, he got out, but, oh my gosh, I love this movie. It was so good. And there's so many like aspects of it that I could talk about, but I won't bore you all. Um, I will say that I, I, I really, um, like I enjoyed the movie. I thought it was hilarious. Like there were parts of it that kind of felt like this, um, almost kind of like a dark comedy or like a straight comedy. <laughs> I think the sequence that stands out to me is when he's trying to escape in the car with his quote wife, um, when they're going through the roundabout and he peels off the first time and then magically like all the cars appear. And then when they go back through the roundabout and she's like, I'm going to puke. And he's like, me too. And then they peel off again and he makes her drive over the water. And then the sign pops up. That's like wildfire danger turn back now. And he's like, ah, oh, whatever. And he just drives right through the fire line. Oh, it was, that whole thing was great. I, I mean, yeah, I laughed way too hard at this movie for it. I mean, it is kind of a comedy, but it's almost, yeah, it's almost like a perfect mix of like drama and comedy. So it's, it's really good. And everybody in this is fantastic, especially Jim Carrey. Um, I think this might be my favorite role of his. I haven't really seen him in a lot of his dramatic stuff. So, yeah, I guess I'm maybe a little bit not biased, but I have a small sample size in that way, I guess. But I think this this is probably my favorite role of his that I've seen. Um, but yeah, everybody did a really good job, and I loved the way it was written. I loved the ending when we kind of have this... Um, creator creation dynamic between Truman and Kristoff and you know Kristoff like doesn't want to let him go like thinks of him with this kind of like fatherly type of love but it's in this very like um kind of in an inappropriate or at least an unethical way like he's a father to Truman but in like the worst sense right and it, yeah, it's just such a good movie, and I I don't mind the fact that I had it spoiled for me, because, I, like, obviously it has to end with him getting out, but I really wanted it to go on another, I don't know, five or ten minutes. I wanted to see Truman, um, you know, see the real world and, like, actually go to Fiji and meet up with Sylvia again. And I know that that's not the story they were trying to tell, but that's the story that I wanted. So part of me had to be like, no, like, that's not, that's not the point. That's not the story. Like, it's about him leaving his world. It's about the Truman show. It's not about Truman. And well, not really, but, um, but yeah, the other part of me was like, just, just, I want to see more. I want to see more. So if they ever made a sequel, I would not mind, but that, that probably won't happen. But yeah, The Truman Show, it's such an amazing movie, and I would absolutely watch it again. And I think everybody should go watch it if you've never seen it, or if you have, it's worth revisiting. 
So I'm going to give The Truman Show five out of five stars. Only my third perfectly reviewed movie. Well, not perfectly reviewed, but, you know, perfectly scored or whatever movie. Um, so my for my next Catching the Classics, it's either going to be Seven or Terminator 2. Th those will be the next two. I'm not sure which will be first, but it'll be one of those two. So hope you all had fun at your movie this week, and I will talk to you soon. Bye. Uh, yeah, Corinne, uh, The Truman Show, not a big fan. I was never a big fan of this. Uh, we kind of talked before we came on that, Zach, you do like this film a lot. Yeah. Uh, hey, Ryan, in case I don't see you, good mm -hmm. night. Good morning, good night, and good luck. <laughs> I can't remember if that's even the actual line. I don't think it is. I don't think so either. It sounds like, like... It's close. Uh, I feel like Brad is like the Ed Harris watching us do things, and he controls us like puppets somehow. I think it's just good morning, good afternoon, good night. Good, mor good morning, good afternoon, and good night. Mm, yeah, let's see. I saw it once, and I wasn't impressed. I've seen it a couple times, but I don't watch it frequently. I like it, it because it it's Peter Weir, and he's an interesting director to watch. Um, doesn't always make I, it doesn't always make films that cater to me, but the idea of the Truman Show is e eternally fascinating, and um, it, to, at least to me. Um, and I think Ed Harris and uh, Jim Carrey are great in the film, especially Ed Harris. I think I Ed, like Harris Ed Harris is phenomenal. Um, He's good being scary. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, I get why it's not everybody's cup of tea because it is one. It's Jim Carrey doing serious stuff. And that's never like it. That's always a gamble. But I think also it's it's got a bit of a heady thing to it going on that doesn't always appeal to people, which is fine. But yeah, Corinne really liked it. So yeah. that's good. It's, it's, it's and a, I love movies, interpretive art. Yeah. It's definitely worth watching. Like, yeah. Oh, yeah. I say see it. I've never seen it. On I never watch it again. I'd love to see how it looks on Blu-ray. So um, Brad, yeah. what do you think? Uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, I. I did re recently watch it, I think last year or something, but I don't remember if like it changed my mind because growing yeah. up, I was like, this is okay. Yeah, like, I was, I'm in the same yeah. boat. I, I have no desire to see it again. And to me, because I watch so many movies and I'll watch them again and again and again, mm -hmm. that if I don't want to watch it, to me, that says a lot. Yeah. I mean, just example. So I got The Awful Truth last year on Blu-ray. I've seen it three times. Yeah. Because I, I love the intricacies in that. And when I watch a Truman Show, I go, eh, it's there. See, it's like me because uh, I just got Keanu on Blu-ray, and I've seen that 500 times. Yes, and, uh, Keanu. I will watch it 500 more. Keanu, um, a masterpiece of comedy. <laughs> yes. I, I'm serious. It's wonderful. <laughs> I know you're serious. I know. And it's I've seen that, it once. And, I don't remember it. And that's what's the scariest thing of all is, is that I'm serious about this. <laughs> yes. I think what puts me off is, like, that concept should be, like, edgier. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. And that movie is, like, too sugary i think well it's funny because like if if charlie kaufman had wrote written something like that it probably would be that edgy but yeah. like it's it's not that one it's not that writer but i don't know i mean it was the 90s also like was would, would anybody 90s? have even dared go into that territory until oh, no. john malkovich the jim carrey at that time was a 20 million dollar movie star <laughs> like they're not gonna put him in a that's true movie that's gonna make him look you know, if you did you not like a hero. I mean, if you watch that Jim and Andy thing, like they put him in like a really serious movie and he lost his goddamn mind. So um, it's a great documentary, by the way. Um, I mean, if you don't like that movie, you're probably not going to like that documentary. So, Ryan, don't watch it again. Okay. <laughs>
Brad, is there something happening around town? You bet. Oh, my God, Brad's going around town again. He's in his van to lure kids there to take him to the movie theater with what him. What the fuck? Here, here's the thing. <laughs> we didn't have one last week, and I, I so I edited the show last week, and I was waiting for that, and I was like, oh, yeah, Ryan's not here. There's not going to be any fun songs. And but he, he's not taking the kids in his van to kidnap them. By the he way, watch our levels. What the hell? <laughs> he just wants to show them a movie at the drive-in. This got, With kids in. This is the van again. This got dark quick. He's going to park in the third row because he wants to be close to the theater so it doesn't ever be me. Brad split. And then Brad's going to go to the... He's going to go over to the... Wait, I'll change it up to Bruce Springsteen. And then Brad's going to go over to the... the yeah, you'd know if you'd been there. <laughs> and uh, the refreshments. And the kids are going to... They're going to want some of that candy. And Brad's going to say... You got the candy. <laughs> I can't do it for that long. That's too hard. I think that's a that's sign what she that said. you need to stop this one. <laughs> Brad, what's happening around town? <laughs> like, trying to be Bruce Springsteen and be, like, scratchy is really hard. Do you think that's he, what she said. Do you think Springsteen gets off stage and he doesn't sound like that? He sounds like just, like, <laughs> I think he talks, I think he talks to his wife like All right, this. E Street Band, let's get going. <laughs> Come on, gang. <laughs> hey, honey, the gig's over and I got a long drive home. And I was thinking about you while you were ma- at home making that soup for me. <laughs> Make sure it's gluten-free because the boss is getting old. <laughs> I don't know. Yes, and? <clears throat> anyway, what's going around town, Brad? Hey, film buddies. Follow me around Denver. Uh, as I've been saying for weeks now, uh, the drive-in is coming back this weekend, April 6th. Hell yeah, mother trucker. So come check out Shazam. And, and uh, what's so- playing at the drive-in is this movie about a, a boy who's a superhero, Billy Batson. Okay. Uh, a wizard. <laughs> it's like a 40 serial but set in the modern day. It is what that movie is. It's pretty fun. Yeah. Um, is there any other announcements on other films that are playing, or is it just Shazam right now? Uh, if there is, I haven't seen it yet. So it'd be sweet if it was like Shazam, then Captain Marvel, and then Twombly, and then us. <laughs> I doubt it's Captain Marvel because it's be Disney so cool. and it's a really expensive. It'd program, be two those. Captain Marvels, but it would be, be awesome. like so far out of its run at this point that it might be cheaper to get it. Or it is. Or I mean, it's it still. I think it's still making like twenty five million dollars. Yeah, yeah, maybe a little too soon. Um, maybe, yeah, probably um, us. Maybe yeah. or um, maybe end with us and maybe Wonder Park or yeah, Wonder Park how to probably train the dragon or something. Or yeah, dragon or probably. Tim Burton's Dumbo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, probably one of those kids' movies. They'll yeah. probably put in there. Makes sense. Yeah, although Shazam is kind of a kids' movie, but <laughs> they should change it up and do Mall Rats. <laughs> yes, <laughs> so you can see that. That, that third nipple on the big screen in the middle of Copper City. <laughs> it is pretty remarkable, though, that given the history of Captain Marvel, like it, the stars aligned, and in the same year, they both they're both their movies come out. And Man, weird, good. right? Yeah. yeah. So cool. Hey, Brad, did you go to a film thing yesterday and today on Friday? Yesterday, yeah. Yeah. How was that? Yeah, it, was, it was cool. Yeah. Um, did they honor you? Honor me? Yeah. <laughs> Are you their king? <laughs> Everyone saluted me as I walked through Good. the... Uh, did you show something there? Yeah, I showed If It Bleeds in the Paradise Shake music video. Nice. nice. The Paradise Shake music video is kind of difficult to watch like publicly unless you are like you know what the context is for sure. it. Sure. Mm-hmm. So it kind of felt like the room was like... Do people throw popcorn at the screen? No. Okay, then you're good. You're fine, yeah. Um, if It Bleeds, uh, I feel like people took a, a little while to get into it. And I haven't watched it in, in you know... Uh, uh, 
since I made the Blu-ray. Mm-hmm. So I could feel, you know, the same way when I edited it the first time was trying to make the story work and mm-hmm. make all these ideas come across. And it, it felt like it hit the audience at the same time that I did oh. when I was editing it. So it's right. um, interesting. Whereas past greetings, people, because it was the 48, people got used to it. So um, right off the bat, but it wasn't until like the middle that people started reacting to it. You mean just in terms of the concept or in terms of the like 48 hour style? Yeah, I mean, there people at this screening aren't aren't going in knowing it's a dark comedy, you know. Oh, uh, I think I think I kind of figured that based off a of past experience with you. So that's when I, when I saw it the first time, I was like, "What's he gonna do now?" Yeah, and then I walked out going like, "Oh, he did that." But you're also <laughs> aware of the structure of the forty eight, so you that know, like true, yeah. all these. And when you saw it, I think ours was last, so you saw all the other genres ahead of it, so you knew there was like a delineation between. There's a pattern. Yeah, but, like, but it's also your past experience. Like what I didn't expect was. The, the subject you chose and how far you took it. <laughs> yeah. And the other thing, yeah, crisis actors, which I thought was pretty, not widely known, but apparently it's, not even people on our own team knew. So it, it's a, well, it's a concept that is unfortunately too prevalent in the fucking news. Uh, so, yeah. um, info star dot Bart. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it was fine. Didn't win any awards, but yeah, cause <laughs> they don't know what they're talking about. Yeah. There, there's a lot of good stuff there, but you're the so. greatest filmmaker in Colorado. So they can go F themselves. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> well, are they going to listen to this and write me hate mail? Good. I'm always going to defend Brad. I don't care what anybody People else People are going to be picketing our live show outside with signs. Yeah, I defend everybody. You know how hard it is to defend Twombly? And I do it all the time. <laughs> People come up to you while you're doing your uh, your patrols. Yeah. Like, you told me Twombly was great and it sucks. <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> what kind of police force do we have when they lie to you? And that's when you get a phone call from me. Hello? Ryan, you thought it was over just because I am dead. <laughs> it's not over. And here's a story about Ryan's friend, Zach, who wrote a movie about old-time radio. It was boring and shit. <laughs> Jigsaw and Bruce Springsteen team up. To, yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you about this film. That black and white and sucks. <laughs> <clears throat> I still need to watch that Netflix special, by the way. Fuck. It's always on my queue, and I never like put it on. But I want to see that Springsteen special. It's so good. a personal problem. Yeah. I did watch some remastered stuff, though, that you uh, recommended. Nice. So we'll talk about that later. Hey, here's uh, movie news. Want to play? It's real news. Oh, boy. Uh, I was, I'm curious what you think about that. Uh, yeah, Mark Hamill's going to be uh, the voice of Chuck. I think it's pretty Charlie awesome. Because, you know, the one thing. When I saw the trailer for Child's Play, I, I didn't understand what they were going for, and I thought it was an unusual choice for them not to reveal Chucky's voice. Mm-hmm. And I thought that might be the hardest sell for fans who are already kind of, I don't know about this, but having Mark Hamill do it is pretty awesome because it's, his unhinged Joker is amazing. It's impressive. I guess they didn't release in the trailer because they didn't have it yet. Oh, probably <laughs> No, yeah. I'm, I, I'm guessing they're probably trying to like lock him down or... Yeah. Uh, something along the lines and it'll be he's a great voice actor and i'm not just talking about joker i mean he's great in a lot of stuff my only frustration and like and i love mark hamill you know i love mark hamill you know the voice of what he guest starring on the simpsons in the bodyguard episode is one of my favorite voice performances of all time but i love brad dorf a lot yeah and it sucks that he's not gonna do it i wonder if we're gonna hear uh mark hamill scream i'm gonna fucking kill you bitch (laughs) oh he's so awesome i be really happy. Well, have you seen um, Body Bags? Mm-mm. Oh, I should let you borrow that. Yeah. You want to see 
crazy Mark Hamill and say crazy things and see his ball sack, then I'll let you borrow body bags. What? There's there's some things, Brad. You had me at ball sack. <laughs> if, you, if you dig into Ryan and Mine's world, you'll find things you wish you'd never saw. <laughs> <laughs> and Mark Hamill's butthole and ball sack is one of them. Motel Hell is another one. <laughs> um, I'll let you borrow it. Yeah, you only really need so it's a it's an anthology. You only need to watch the last one, and that's the one with Mark Hamill, and it's actually really good. Can you send me the timestamp stamp of the butthole? Yes. Okay. Actually, I'll just take a photo of it. <laughs> yeah, just on my 4K and send it to you. Yeah, don't even give me the Blu-ray. You could just go to his website, butthole-stamp.fart. It was so. interesting. I was. Does Kevin Smith know that his butthole's exposed? <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was uh, listening to the commentary. It has uh, John Carpenter's wife on it, and oh, Sandy King, Sandy King, and. Who's also, I think John Carpenter's on it with her, and they talk about how it was, so it was supposed to be on Showtime, and they edited that out, and they put it back in for the Blu-ray, because yeah. it's unrated, mm-hmm. and they go, oh, we forgot about that. <laughs> yep. Was he, playing a, was he playing an NBA video game while he was saying that? <laughs> Smoking a cigarette? Be I awesome. don't fucking care. Yeah. Money. <laughs> I love John Carpenter. Um, uh, but we have another piece of casting news, which made me happy. Um Cillian Murphy is going to be in A Quiet Place too. I like that people are finally putting Cillian Murphy in fucking things because I've been wanting this since, I don't know, forever. Like, we never seem to put him in anything except for Christopher Nolan movies, so. I really want A Quiet Place too to be Emily Blunt just walking around with a shotgun and killing things. Can I have that? Maybe she can kill Cillian Murphy as long as Cillian Murphy gets some screen time, guys. Even if she kills her own kids? <laughs> no, they, so they get eaten <laughs> by the monsters and she'll say, you forgot this snack and she blows off their heads she's like can you hear this Ooh, boom fuck god i love emily blunt have i ever said that <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know if you know this can she's, you imagine that i don't know if you know this. she's married to some guy from the office i know he's awesome too i know and then cut to a look from a guy from the office going like it's, it's not a visual podcast jack ryan and mary poppins team up <laughs> <laughs> jack pop can lynn Mel- can lynn miranda still be in it somehow oh yeah you can be the villain Oh, my God. That'd be neat. Um, I just want Emily Blunt and everything. Jack Ryan, Mary that? Poppins versus Hamilton. Ooh. Alexander Hamilton. <laughs> Can you imagine that? <laughs> Four score and seven. <laughs> this summer, can you imagine this? <laughs> I know Hamilton didn't do the declaration. Yeah, it's, it's, it's all right. <laughs> Aaron Burr. All his stuff he wrote was really boring. Have you ever read the Federalist Papers? Oh, my gosh. Burr, more like blown away. (laughs) That was dumb. Um, In one more piece of casting news, uh, Disney's still bringing people back from the dead uh, because Don Rickles is apparently going to be in Toy Story 4. How is this possible? Well, I'm sure he recorded it before he died. No, he didn't. That's the piece of this news that's interesting. They have a bunch of outtakes. Oh, yeah. Then they Discarded lines, and I guess they're incorporating it into the film. Which Who'd they just do that with? Uh, well, Carrie Fisher is unused mm, footage Fisher. for Star Wars. No, they did that in something recently. Um, I don't know, but uh, it's I find this interesting because uh, Rogue when, One, what's his name? Peter Cushing. No, I think they just got a voice voice impersonator for that. Yeah, one. no, they did some. It might not have been Disney, but someone passed away, and they're able to take like outtakes and put them in. Paul Newman. For car three. Yeah, Paul Newman. There That's we go. Hmm. Which so they've done this before, but what I find right. fascinating about that is like when so when Jim Varney died, they got his friend to replace him for everything. Uh, else well, I think forward. the 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 Slinky uh, was a little more prevalent in toy story 2 yeah and it had specific dialogue mm-hmm. so maybe that's why where you can have mr potato head just show up and 
be funny. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, you know what I think they should do is just use audio clips from all his friars roasts, and for some reason oh, he's man. talking about Dean awesome. Martin. <laughs> the awesome. Didn't, the Mrs. Potato Head lady, she's didn't she die recently? She's too? dead too. Yeah. So maybe we'll hear an announcement on that. They um, probably should have taken both his characters out. You know, as long as he calls, as long as he calls someone a hockey puck, I'll be fine. <laughs> I don't know if you know this guy. Don Rickles was hilarious. He was the only person who could offend everybody. Um, uh, we did have a death this week. Uh, Agnes Varda um, died at the age of ninety. She was a um, filmmaker uh, from French, from France. Genesis so, um, so uh, obviously Ryan hated her, um, <laughs> mm. but she directed. Tons of films over the course of uh, or over the course since the sixties. She was a French New Wave artist. Uh, the God. only one of her films that I've seen is Cleo Five to Seven or Cleo from Five to Seven, which I saw in uh, a film expression class, and it's actually a really wonderful film. Um, <laughs> it already just sounds awful. I know, I know. A okay. French film that's art house in a film expression class. Hey, where's Ryan? Oh, he's probably hanging by his fucking neck in the closet. <laughs> It's that gift from Peter Griffin <laughs> yep. that you love. Oh, it's going to be that. But uh, but Cleo from 5 to 7 is actually a really good film about a woman who is waiting on whether or not she's going to be diagnosed with cancer. She's just waiting for the test results. And it How long does through, the movie take? Uh, it's about it's just a little, a little over 90 minutes. So um, oh, That's pretty short for a French film. But uh, but it is expressionist. It, oh it, 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 it's, it's got a lot of stuff going on in it. It's a new way film. <clears throat> my wife wanted to take me to some like dancing. They're raising money for Charlie's Place. It's a... An animal shelter in yeah. my neck of the woods. Mm-hmm. And every time she said it was like a dance thing, all I could think about was the family guy where they have Jesus Christ Superstar and, and uh, Jesus. And it says, why would I tell you when I can show you through interpretive dance? I do like that bit. Uh, but yeah, no, Agnes Varda, though, made tons of films that other people have seen and have enjoyed um, from the art house perspective. She actually was an Oscar nominee up until two years ago. With a documentary called Faces Places, which she never won a competitive one, but she was also like we we were overlooking this. She was a pioneer for women filmmakers everywhere. Yep. So good for um, her. Hats off to her. I, I actually it makes me want to go through her filmography because okay. I don't I feel in like not for an article series because I think I would be the wrong person to try to write about her um, coming into it new. But I like I respect that film Cleo from five to seven. Like it it did a lot for me to learn about how you do just like a person going on a journey throughout the day that wasn't like clerks or anything like that. Like, like that was just like focused on a serious bent. So, and it's black and white. So of course I love it. By the way, uh, Miss Pota- Miss Potato is still alive. Oh, she is. Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, D- didn't want that rumor to get out there. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a lot of reboots coming. Uh, the craft and uh, guys and dolls are getting rebooted at different studios, but I'm just going to lump these all together. Uh, the craft is being rebooted by Blumhouse. Um, Ryan, you said you don't like the craft, or do uh, you? The craft is all right. Okay, I thought you said you had a friend who liked it more than you did, or something. That is true. Um, and then Guys and Dolls, which is more interesting. Um, I think Mark Hamill should be in that Guys and Dolls reboot because he was on it in The Simpsons. So, and can, he can can it be a reboot if it's based on a play? A a re showing remake. Sorry, remake because the movie is more famous. <laughs> Good question. Or just a make. <laughs> Guys and Dolls is being done again. Unless you remake <laughs> the film that's based on a play. You know what? Disney... So if uh, they take the script from the film version that's already out there and use that, yeah. then that's the remake. But that's Gus Van Sant territory, and we don't need to do that now, do we? Just I have no idea what's going script. on right now. Next! Anyway, Guys and Dolls. Um, 
watch it again for some reason. It's a good movie. Um, Ryan, tell me about the Eternals. What the fuck is this? Uh, the Eternals are uh, super powerful beings in the Marvel universe. Like the Inhumans? Uh, no, they're more. Uh, I don't have enough time to explain it, but basically, they're like <laughs> um, the cosmic gods. So they deal with. I it, look them up on Wikipedia. Well, whatever. Marvel wants to make them part of the MCU, and they want Angelina Jolie to be in it. I think that's one of the movies they're working on right now. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It's a it's really weird. So I will say it's Jack Kirby doing his galact. Uh, like space stuff, so it's really weird. Um, Jack Kirby space stuff, <laughs> but you know they're cool characters, and I'm sure they can pull it off. Nice. Okay. Um, well, cool. That that should be awesome then. Um, uh, quick note: Disneyland's uh, parks are going to start banning smoking, so I won't be going to Disneyland anymore. <laughs> I didn't know you could smoke in Disneyland. To actually, tell you the truth. Well, it is an open space. I would have thought it was already but, banned. But really. I'm sure there's. But it's a private property, so they can force you to go places probably to got smoke. A, yeah, they probably got a smoking area, I'm but sure I think they they're do. just going to get rid of it entirely. I think now. it's Walt's apartment. <laughs> yeah, the firehouse. <laughs> uh, the firehouse on Main Street. You know that silhouette? What you don't see in that silhouette in the firehouse is that there's just a big Marlboro mm-hmm. hanging out. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I guess that's Good. neat. Healthy for, for families. Yeah, healthy for families, which that's what Disney wants. Now, hopefully they'll get rid of vaping, too. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> so hopefully douche I get rid of that. is what I call them. <laughs> hopefully I get rid of my douche flute soon. Yeah, because um, it looks like you're sucking on a wiener. Uh, wiener. Now there's anything wrong with that? Wiener, wiener, wiener. It's um, just you know, you're in public. Uh, this is something I found interesting. Joel Cohen, um, without Ethan apparently, is going to be directing Macbeth with Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand for a twenty four. board. Uh, the Scottish play. <laughs> <laughs> Careful. All the uh, world is stage, Zach. And, and all the women, men and women, merely players. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's apparently based on a version that Joel Cohen wrote. Um, it doesn't say anything about Ethan anywhere. So for all I know, this is the first time they're going to separate, guys. And Ethan's. Oh my God, why'd they break up? Fuck <laughs> you. I'm going to I'm gonna do Othello, you motherfucker. <laughs> Sam Raimi's going to be like, I'm going to do Evil Dead 4. Guy'd <laughs> oh, cry. I guess he kind of did. He did Ash vs. Evil Dead on. Stars uh, for thirty episodes, <laughs> but I like the idea. I, does has Denzel done any Shakespeare adaptations at all? Not that I know of. I mean, like it's not I, I, maybe on stage, but I don't think on film at all. So. Well, he was interviewed on uh, what's that Lipton program inside the actor studio? <laughs> James Lipton, <laughs> and he said uh, Shakespeare ain't got shit on me, so I guess he's finally going to do it. King Kong doth. I don't know. I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, my joke didn't land very well either. <laughs> Thou didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed on thou. <laughs> that was terrible. That movie's great. Dude, um, we cannot make Shakespeare jokes we just learned. Um, last piece of news. Um, so I've, I'm not as big a Kevin Smith fan as I used to be, but I still... Traitor. I'm fa- <laughs> sure, whatever. Um, but I'm always fascinated when he pops up in the news. And this one pertains to Ben Affleck. Um, he's now open to being in the reboot of... Jane Silent Bob reboot. Yeah, he's not married to Jennifer Garner anymore. <laughs> okay. That's the interesting part of this. I did not they for for the longest time I wasn't aware of why they hadn't been around together and now I'm and now it makes sense cuz he, he talks what does he talk about it on? He uh, well, he talked about a lot of things. <laughs> um, he talks about it either on a podcast or one of his uh stand-ups where he talks about how Jennifer Garner just hated him. Well, that's that's evening evening yeah. hard. That's evening harder. Okay. But apparently he tweeted recently that like more than likely, it's because like where he's just like we had a falling out because like I was telling stories that I shouldn't have been telling, so because he basically was just like blabbing about everything. So 
It's not to say like, I mean, that's what that's what Kevin Smith's style is. He's he's a candid guy and he talks, but yeah. you know, I, I know, apparently it was one too many things for Ben Affleck. So. Well, it, here's the thing too is if so, I I love Kevin Smith films, and if you listen to commentaries, whether it's Chasing Amy, Mallrats. Dogma, where Ben Affleck shows up on it before Ben Affleck is Ben Affleck as we know him. He's really funny. Well, yeah, and he was a candid he, and, guy. And then he became this huge celebrity, and he became way serious. Well, he's also had substance abuse issues, and a lot of those commentaries came when he was still under substance abuse issues. Yeah, it doesn't so. mean you have to be an asshole now. No, I I understand. But he says apparently he's open to it, and, and like but he would Affleck. rather play um, uh, the um, Holden. Holden character than Shannon. So, which... Yeah. Makes sense. Holden's um, a great character. It'd be hilarious if Shannon like was a scene in jail, though. Oh, <laughs> Suzanne! <laughs> Actually, one of my favorite lines in any Kevin Smith movie is, "Who's your favorite new kid? Call me Joey." My favorite, but my, I mean, on a side note on that, my favorite Kevin Smith news of this week though was seeing a picture of him hugging Rosario Dawson, mm-hmm. and apparently Rosario Dawson's coming back, so that's fun. Can't get mm-hmm. Jeff Anderson, but we, but can not as Becky, so that's yeah. not as Becky. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Well, I, we'll see. Um, but Jason Lee has like three characters in yeah, this universe, awesome. so. <laughs> well, I know he's Brody already. They just yep. showed that picture from the comic shop. Um, oh, one last piece of news, Brad. Uh, did you watch the Pennyworth trailer? Because I didn't. No. Uh, okay. Uh, there's a Pennyworth trailer. It's an epic series about Alfred before he was Batman's butler. No one cares. Um, <laughs> such a dick. It's, this is basically the TV show version of that joke and Teen Titans go to the movies, isn't it? should pick up Detective Comics 1000, though. It's really good. Yeah. Apparently, he was a secret agent. For a while, so I don't. Uh, I don't know Alfred's full deal. So I feel like Batman 80th anniversary. I think is yesterday. His birthday was yesterday or today. Happy birthday! Was it? I thought it was Wednesday. I, I got the comic. So yeah, which one? What coverage? You, I waited till Friday, and I had to go to Mile High to find it. I got the Bruce Tim one. Oh, fuck, that's one I wanted. <laughs> I got the Starenko one. Was pretty good though. Yeah. Well, I went in weeks ago to say like, hey, you know, I want. I want to reserve it like Detective 1000, and mm-hmm. then uh, Andrew laid out like because I didn't know there was a bunch of different oh, covers. Yeah. And he's like, you know, I'll. I'll get at least one of each of these in, so pick the one you want, and I picked that one. Yeah, I went... Um, and I also did the Jim Lee one, because it's... Oh, yeah, abundant. so I went in on Friday, and because I wanted to see Andrew, and he wasn't there, so I was bummed, because he, he sometimes keeps some behind his desk. <laughs> and so... I think he's moved already, so... No, he thinks on the 20th. I talked to the people there. They said he'll be back. Hey, Andrew, do you... <laughs> yeah, he says he's coming back and forth for a bit. I hope so, because he still has my Oswald the Lucky Rabbit Walt Disney treasure. So, Andrew, if you're listening, I need that back, because that's out of print. Um, I, you know, it's funny. I've only met him a few times, but I was very happy to know that he remembered me when I got to visit him. Oh, yeah, no, he's a good dude. Yeah, he's, I he's mean, a lovely guy. Someone who can remember thousands and thousands of comics like, can definitely remember who you are. Yeah. Well, and Although so, he also did tell me to go fuck myself. So. <laughs> I have to, I'm going to have to retrain the new guy. So, Andrew knows... That when something with like Spider Man comes out, he'll just put it in my hold slot. Or if he gets really hard to find Spider Man comics, he'll put it in my hold slot and ask if I want them. And now I'm gonna have to train some new guy. Or, or that's why I went in last week and I emptied my entire hold slot. Yeah. Do yeah. you want to know how much that was? No, sure. One. Holy shnikes! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that hurt. But yeah. again, I didn't trust that the. I told oh, him, no, Andrew I... too. He's like, oh, are you are you not shopping? No, no, I'm gonna shop there. I just don't. You know, the new guy, I, yeah. I, I trust your judgment, but, you know, there's no guarantees, so. Yeah, so he has to train the new guy. I talked to uh, one of the workers there, Chris. She's really nice. And they're kind of freaking out because I think if they can't find the new guy, then they're going to have to start doing the hold slots and things like that and whatever. I mean, I'll find the comics. I'm not worried about it, but. I think when I was checking out, Bruce was saying something like he was looking to get out of. Yeah, I heard that too. And Andrew told me that he's been saying that for five years. Oh, okay. Um, they should get me to do it. Like yeah, you should do it. I, I, you should I, call. I, I mean, I, I 
Well, how much? You got to know a lot. Yeah, I mean, just call. I know stuff. I would love to do it. Like if if, like, if, if it paid more. Yeah. yeah, no way. Yeah. No, I mean, well, I mean. So I always had this dream that if I won the lottery, I would buy a comic store and just do nothing because that would be awesome. <laughs> Would you be exclusionist? Like, just like, no, trickies of that. No, I actually Wars talk games. to Andrew about this all the time. I think sometimes comic book people are, um, they, they alienate new people coming in, mm-hmm. and you should make it more welcoming. I would, I mean, this is so, such a stupid dream, but like, if I ever won the lottery, I would build a new building and make it really bright, uh, but put UV protectors on the window so the comics don't get ruined. <laughs> but, you know, I want to make it more inviting because I think sometimes it's intimidating walking into a comic store and being, well, there's a thousand detective comics. So, I mean, how many, which ones do I start in? Which ones do I read? Um, I just had this image of Ryan dressed up like Willy Wonka, but the mm. suit's made of comics. Come with me <laughs> and you'll see. And then I got to get rid of my bias. I, I, you know, I couldn't just have Spider-Man. In a world <laughs> of pulp imagination. Ryan's comic book shop. Yeah, where's your Batman section? Get out. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, actually, I still get Batman. I, it's weird right now, though. I did offer uh, Andrew, like, I wanted to get their catalog online. Mm-hmm. So I was like, dude, I'd come in for free and, you know, organize all your comics and yeah. get them into a database. And he's like, no, nah, we're good. Mm. Yeah. But, so, yeah, hopefully. I know I got I to gotta run into him. I mean, I have his phone number to call him. But I'm going to run into there, hang out, tell him we better train. Cause, so it's already slipping. There was a new Spider-Man comic came out called Spider-Man in the 60s. And there's a Gwen Stacy variant that was not in my freaking hold slot. Andrew would have put that in my hold slot. <laughs> He's missed a few of mine, too. It happens. Yeah, I know. I'm just being an asshole. By the way, those uh, promo cards I gave you, mm-hmm. I already dropped mine off at Coins Cards, so you, you need to find a different place for uh, those. Well, I dropped some off there because the stack was getting low. Oh, all right then. So That's good. So I restocked it. I talked to Chris about that. So, I yeah. put each of mine through one paper shredder, like just one at a time. What's that, 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 that old Mitch Hedberg thing? <laughs> as, a, as a paper delivery boy, and I had to go to 2,000 houses or two dumpsters. <laughs> <laughs> yep, these are movies that are coming out on Blu-ray. Andrew, I'll miss you. Uh, like, I really do. He's a good dude, and yeah. he's a good friend. But good luck. You know, always always try to find your happiness, and if it's not there, then find it somewhere else. Did you ever find out what happened to Ive? Uh, he got lost. <laughs> So here's when me and Brad used to be a horrible person. and <laughs> One single be. horrible person, <laughs> yeah. and then they cut us in half. <laughs> cut us in half, and now we're only like partly bad. There's a guy- You're connected who, at the dick. Who used to- <laughs> That's why it's so long. Um, the, there used to be a guy who ran the comic store, and me and Brad used to call him Eyes, and I won't say why, but um, wow. he, was, he was also not that nice, though. Like it was, he, was, he was like, if I had to pick a weird comic guy, he was a weird comic guy. And I never knew if he was really looking at me. Was so he like I, was he like comic book guy weird or I, I said, Look me in the eyes when you talk to me. <laughs> he had two lazy eyes. Oh <laughs> cut this, cut this. So me and Brad cut used to call him eyes. And this goes back because uh, you did. Yeah. <laughs> me and Brad also used to call one Do of I our have friends. To edit now? <laughs> oh no, that was me and Adam used to call one of our friends' girlfriend uh shovel face. <laughs> I used to be a horrible person, okay? But this is when I was young. I forgot about that. I was in high school. You change. You get older. I'm curious. The the time when I left for L.A. before I came back, what you guys used to call me? <laughs> Hack? <laughs> Douchebag. <laughs> no, dumb nuts. Numb nuts. Love it. Um, Love I mean, it. to be fair, though, we still call you that. Yeah. So nothing yeah. has changed. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll call it to your face. Yeah, Numb nuts. <laughs> yeah. I don't think you've called me Hack in a while. 
But it's, it's good to know it's still around. It is. And that's uh, never going away. DVD releases and Blu-rays. Um, you know what also is around, guys? The Transformers franchise. And this week on Blu-ray, you can get Bumblebee. <laughs> I love Bumblebee. On Blu-ray and 4K. Yeah. My little boy loves that movie, reserved. too. That Steelbook actually looks pretty cool. And Bumblebee is the best Transformers movie I've ever seen. Yeah, so, yeah. Of the three um, I've seen, it's the best one. Uh, also, you can get Best Picture nominee Vice on Blu-ray. No word on a 4K. Um, it's all right. It's it's good. I wish it had focus. Uh, well, it's like the big short if you... But you can't like any of the characters. All the people in the movie are horrible. Well, yeah, but you know, I walked I walked into the Dick Cheney movie knowing I wasn't going to like anybody <laughs> involved. So, yeah. um, I still I still like our. It's like, a little busy too. I, I don't remember how long ago it was. A couple weeks ago, maybe. But we, uh, at one point, we just said like Tyler Perry should have played Colin Powell as Medea. <laughs> and I don't know why, but we just laughed at that for a minute. Um, also, uh, this week in 4K and Blu-ray, The Mule. Um, you can get. I gotta deal them drugs. Yeah. Um, he doesn't sing the end credits song, guys. Unfortunately, so I'm sorry if anybody. I'm a mule <laughs> with drugs. <laughs> the song is actually the end credits song is Toby Keith, and, and I walked out oh, of it going great. like, "Oh, Toby Keith, I'm running out of here." <laughs> I would if I wanted to see if there's a tag. I'd be like, um, "Fuck Toby," Keith. which sucks because the last image of the movie is actually pretty powerful, and then I start hearing Toby Keith's voice, and I'm just like, "I'm out of here. Mm-hmm. I'm out." Um. Uh. You know who's awesome though. Sam Elliott, and he's in a movie called The Man Who Killed Hitler and Then Big, then, then The Bigfoot, and you can get that on Blu-ray. I've heard this is an interesting film. Yeah, so. me too. Um, that sounds like one that I'll be streaming. Um, you can also get on 4K Hellboy Blood and Iron, um, right. the animated um, thing. Uh, Kino Lobor is putting out Green Card starring noted creep uh, Gerard Depardieu. Uh, you can pick that up on uh, 4K if you want. My green card got denied to America because I am a rapist. <laughs> It was also true story. It was also in a movie with Catherine Heigl. Does anybody remember this? No, because it was creepy. Is <laughs> uh, he father's a hero? <laughs> I don't know if that's really what happened with him, but he, I think it's something like that. He's, it's. I think it's no different than the situation I'm hearing with the fucking people from Europa Corps. He's in, um, in trouble for being a normal French person. <laughs> yeah. Wow, well, he's, a, he's a fucker. He's a French. <laughs> probably, uh, probably has a cigarette. All the French. Uh, not, not, and he walks around in black and white. <laughs> not all French people. And a beret <laughs> and a scarf and a black and white striped shirt. Guys, he quits everything he does. You know, mm-hmm. you know, guys, we, we, we had one French listener, but now he's gone. One of my favorite jokes ever is in Team America, where the little boy is going, French, and then the little cobblestones are croissants. <laughs> Love it. Tomato! Tomato! I just yeah. like the way he's like, it's, it's overtly stereotypical. Oh, no, the best part is the... Croissant cobblestones. That's the best part of that joke. Um, For sure. Oh, that movie. <laughs> I like the whole exchange with Gary and um, uh, what's the, what's the name of the their leader again? Is like Spotsworth? Uh, yeah, Spotsworth. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's just like, trying to get him into the limo. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, also um, Terraformers is coming to Arrow. I don't know what this is. It looks uh-huh. like it's a foreign... Uh, it's like a, 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 I'm out. Uh, like ja- I, it looks like a English movies are about as no, fun as I get. No, it's like a Japanese film. Sorry, um, j- Japanese film about I know, people I in did space see, like, fighting monsters. for the Street Fighter collection. I'm like, that seems pretty out of control. Eh, well, whatever, looks interesting. Uh, Kino Lobar is also putting out Tom Selleck's An Innocent Man. You can pick that up. Um, 
That Nancy Drew movie with Sophia Lillis is apparently already out on Blu-ray. I thought that just came out to theaters. So. It did in March. Yeah, and then now you can pick it up already. <laughs> so I guess that that's the turnaround we're getting now, guys, which is interesting. Uh, and then I guess Criterion's reissuing their Fantastic Mr. Four or that <laughs> Fantastic Mr. Four, Fantastic Mr. Fox Blu-ray. Um, I think they're getting rid of the because it's a paper like book one. I think now they're just going to like the standard. The, Blu-ray case. Yeah, the, uh, they do that with their stuff every once in a while. Like my Royal Tenenbaums is way different than the one they have. They now. had Ace in a hole, Ace in the Hole in a nice box, and I went to uh, Barnes and Nobles yesterday to go get my Rebecca copy, and uh, that Ace in the Hole is now just a plastic copy, and I was like, that sucks. Yep, that really does suck. Yep. Um, also, Cohen Media Group's putting out a um, the Great Buster, um, a celebration, which is the uh, Buster Keaton documentary. Love that, Buster uh, Keaton. Brad and I were trying to see, but apparently left theaters way too quick for us to get there. Um, and then, yeah, that seems to be it. There's a film called Egg. I don't know what it's about, but it looks like it's a cheapy buy. So, And Help, I Shrunk My Teacher, mm. which, mm. sure. And anyway, that's Blu-rays. We watch movies throughout the week in a segment that we call We Watch Movies Throughout the Week. So, uh, yeah, this is the stuff we've been watching. Brad, what'd you watch this week? Uh, I read that Detective Comics 1000, and the, uh, the Kevin Smith one, I think, is my favorite. Oh, yeah, of the no, story it's really good. It, it seems like kind well, of mundane. Jim Lee draws it. Like, yeah. I miss Jim Lee a lot. Um, he's busy running the show instead yeah. of drawing. Well, he even said he can't really draw. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you, if you ever read, like, his uh, Hush stuff, he had to draw six issues before they would no, put it out. Yeah. Well, th- before they put it out because he'd get far behind because yeah. he can't keep up with a monthly schedule because he's an amazing artist. Yeah, really, a lot of detail. Um, his Batman is amazing. I love his Batman. Yeah, that story was really good. Uh-huh. Like It he, seemed kind of mundane and then like, oh, cool, cool like twist at the end. Um, so is this like... This is non fifty. Is the new fifty two gone? I'm really bad. Bad. Yeah. Comics news. So. Well, like they, Batman was never really. New. Batman's never really. Batman's been like his own thing. Okay. Because, I mean, if you, even when they did the rebirth and stuff, it's he still the nothing was rebooted with him. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I, I mean, I, I genuinely did not know. So death of the family. I mean, I guess towards the end, that the end of that it changed a little bit, but that was a phone line gimmick. <laughs> oh no! It's, it's a different. So it's uh, death in the family. Oh. Uh, is that one where he? Uh, Robin dies, right? And then they did Death of the Family, which I think is one of the most amazing Batman stories ever. Oh, but... that one I haven't read. I love Batman, but I have not read all the stories, so neither have I. No. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, a thousand of them. Um, Just Detective Comics. Well, technically nine hundred and seventy-three, but who's counting? <laughs> yeah, um, I I got to the other um, the CNN like decade um, documentaries. I did all the other ones that weren't the eighties. Oh, you see what the one they're coming out with next? It's no. The movies. Oh, because I, I was going to say, like... Are you serious? Yeah. I was complaining about this in my review. We'll get to it later. We'll get to it later. Uh, yeah, that was my only kind of complaint was that for as extensive as all their uh, portrayals are, mm-hmm. they never really cover movie. I mean, the TV shows get two episodes most of the time, yeah. yep. but they never covered movies, and they didn't cover sports. Like, the only sports they covered was to talk about how, like, sports networks are rising in the 80s. Yeah, um, I so, don't know. It's just called the movies, and I know it's still Tom Hanks, so I don't know how it's broken up. But I think it's May. It's coming out. It's just big TV flexing its fucking muscles, man. You know? Yeah, like cinema is the Clinton the News Network. That's what that's what my uh, Republican friends call it. Yeah, CNN. Wow. 
and I, we just call Fox News garbage. So. Yeah, so I call it shit. Me, me, um, you know? Yeah, I, so anyway, all those other decades are pretty interesting. Obviously, the 70s was probably the most, like, I didn't know enough mm. until now, so that was cool. Um, I also rewatched Duets, because uh, I just came out on Blu-ray, thanks to Kino Vorber. Huh? That's not a bad movie. Uh yeah, no, it's it's. Uh, I I liked it when it came out, um, and then um, rewatching it again now. I mean, when Andre Brower dies at the end, spoilers, uh, bro. It's kind of it seems like a little too much, uh, but that um, you know the special features show like deleted scenes, and then Bruce Paltrow actually has a commentary track with I think mm. the producer, and then there's like a a conversation with you know like an interview thing where you can actually watch him talk, and he had throat cancer throughout the whole. Um, wow. process and um it took five years to make it like i think it only took like a year to shoot but trying to get it made was a challenge um and huey lewis came on he's like the last actor they found for uh ricky dean's I really character like his duet with gwyneth paltrow yeah um i've never seen this movie i'm sorry i'm looking it up yeah early paul giamatti yeah. maria bello um holy crap oh no there's tons oh. of people in this movie it's one of those it reminds me of uh uh, who's the dude who did um, the really long Robert Altman? Um, yeah, actually, yeah, yeah. Like a shortcuts kind of. Yeah. Well, actually, it's funny because they hired Huey Lewis because of his. They saw him in shortcuts. Really? Yeah, the casting director. A lot recommended of saw all him. of them in shortcuts. Oh, yeah. You guys are apparently a minority. It's only twenty percent on Rotten Tomatoes, but it's a six out of ten on IMDb. Yeah. Well, since yeah. you don't know about it, it's it's a movie about uh, t- three pairs of people who from different walks of life that kind of get thrust together and then they're all kind of all their stories are converging on this big karaoke contest oh like nashville like the movie nashville by I robert get, altman sure why not sure. I okay cool <laughs> um, i like nashville i'll watch this movie but yeah uh who you listen gwyneth paltrow is he's like a lounge singer and uh he's she's his estranged daughter mm. and so and he doesn't want to really have anything to do with her um and, and she's this lost puppy that just he's follows really him around good. i wonder why he's not in more movies like he's pretty good He's hoping for Back to the I guess I guess he has a, four, another so career. He can write a new thing. Yeah, I guess he's trying to, you know, <laughs> make survive music and, being a yeah. musician. Did you, does anybody remember the Fox animated show Shit, Sit Down Shut Up? Like it lasted like for literally only a year. They had yep. a Huey Lewis joke in it where they went into Huey Lewis, Lewis's private parking lot and he would have a car for every theme song he wrote for a movie and at one end of the lane it's uh, at one end of the lot it's back to the future and then there's a bunch of empty space before pineapple express <laughs> it's a funny little joke oh, i think the greatest like the huey futurama lewis one rip is futurama <laughs> except, except well, everything's preserved so well except, except for sports, huey lewis's sports but, yeah sports by huey lewis <laughs> um yeah and then paul giamatti and andre brower uh andre brower's a uh ex-con and paul giamatti's a uh, a corporate guy who's flown around so much that he can't remember what city's in. Scott Speedman and Scott Speedman and watch Scott Mary Bello is like the Christian guy, and then like the uh, girl Dickens. who sleeps around a bunch. Yeah. So. All the nineties are here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> big cast. <laughs> Soundtrack's good too. Maya Rudolph's in it. Yeah. Wow. She's uh, one of the. She's the person who hosts the uh, the big event. This is 90s AF, guys. I want to watch this. But the deleted scenes that make his death at the end uh, probably stronger by it actually makes the movie stronger by not having them is like there's that part in the movie where Paul Giamatti pulls the gun on the uh, convenience store guy mm-hmm. and, um, you know, Andre Brash to step in and try to defuse the situation. And then it, you just kind of hear gunshots and then it cuts to them just driving away. And you assume that somebody killed the 7-Eleven guy. 
but the deleted scene is actually the whole thing of that guy getting huh. shot and stuff. And then he like uh, robs another convenience store before he meets Paul Giamatti. Oh, wow. Um, by different. beating someone over the head with like a glass bottle in the store. Hmm. Weird. Taking his gun. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it's an enjoyable movie. Um, and the other thing I watched. Oh, man. I should have wrote it down. Yourself doing things. Oh, yeah. The Karate Kid. I just came from it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they, so they're doing a thir- they did a 35th anniversary screening of Karate Kid before I came here. And uh, um, didn't remember like it being as long as um, it is. I, it's almost two hours. Is it really? Yeah. I don't remember. Uh, they had a cool pre-show documentary. Uh, so, like, Ralph Macchio and Billy Zabka uh, introduced... <laughs> I love uh, what you call him Billy. Because <laughs> yeah. uh, it's a little bit of a Cobra, Cobra Kai season two tie-in thing, but yeah. the way they present the old movie is, um, you know, they're introducing, introducing it, but from the perspective of their characters. So uh, Zapka is saying, like, yeah, the Karate Kid's about this bully who takes on a bunch of, like, Cobra <laughs> Kai guys, and then Ralph Macchio, obviously, the other. So that was pretty funny. Um, and then they showed a couple clips from the new season of Cobra Kai. And then uh, um, I recently watched Karate Kid Part 3, and the end of that movie, the final fight, is kind of like, it feels like an afterthought. Like, oh, we got to put, like, another tournament in this movie. <laughs> uh, but this one, I forgot how, like, the karate, it's no, they're, they're no Jackie Chan, but still, like, the no. fight at the end, um, you know, after he, uh, like, before he does the crane kick, uh, but after his knee is busted, uh, is actually pretty good. Like, oh, yeah, intense. no, I think yeah. it's, you know, it's one of those things that, you, you you're rooting for him and can he pull it off and i mean then elizabeth shoe god i love that yeah his bonsai uh, tree business though that's three that's three. Oh, i yeah. thought we were still talking about three sorry no at the but, end of, no i love the first one yeah and then obviously done so pat morita like the audience just like i forgot how funny like his lines are in that movie oh yeah i always um, forget how touching his performance is in that movie yeah he steals a black belt cuz there's like a technicality and uh daniel's listing or whatever like you have to have a black belt to compete so he steals it from the guy um <laughs> running the thing yeah think about it iconic for both happy days and the karate kid like pat Morita was a fucking legend yeah, yeah. and yeah so that's all i watched childhood favorite of mine oh yeah zach um watched a couple things uh did another fitness cinema session um this uh time it was captain america the winter soldier that's awesome. We just like looking at Chris Evans being like, I can do it. I, I can get there. He's an inspiration. I put it on the post, but I, I was like, the only thing that I was missing from that day was hearing somebody next to me go on your left. And I'd be like, yeah, we're both watching it. We get it, man. We're Marvel <laughs> fans. Um, no, but yeah. I two, love that movie. Two hours and 10 minutes. So I ran like is seven. how long it is? I thought it was longer than that. It's like two hours and 14 minutes. But like hmm. the credits, like I, I got up till the mid credit, like the, the post credit sequence. And then like my legs gave out. But hmm. Uh, but it's still 7.76 miles and like that's good tons of calories and whatnot um it, it was great the only issue i had with the 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 auditorium that we have there like there's the sound was down way too much and i could only hear the fan that was going above keeping us from sweating our balls off so um i wish that they had turned up the volume but i know that movie back and forth so it was more than easy to catch up with still everything still my favorite on. mcu movie uh i mean every time i see robert redford in that movie i'm like robert redford's in a marvel movie <laughs> more um, than spider-man homecoming um spider-man homecoming doesn't count because uh, i can never be objective in it <laughs> um 
but but yeah, and then I I this time around I laughed my butt off when uh, Samuel Jackson said last time I trusted someone I lost an eye because I'm like I know what happened. <laughs> um and uh and uh, the only time I heard laughter from any other person working out in that room was when Stan Lee's cameo happened where he's like, oh, man, I am so fired. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, still, still a great film. Uh, continuing Star Trek Next Generation, um, I only watched a couple episodes this week, but um, I saw the episode. It's, I'm in season five right now, and I saw the episode with Paul Winfield as a guest star where he plays a Talarian, um, and it's him and Picard stuck on the planet. Oh, Darmok. Yeah, Darmok, yeah. yeah that's it, like a literary classic dude, or something. like that. I had forgotten about that. That was one of the best episodes of television I've ever seen. Yeah, so probably the ultimate episode on diplomacy. Dude, it's it, not even that. It's just like, it's it's, it's odd. It's it's so emotional. I don't like when he died. when the walls fell. Yeah, yeah. Odd. And he, and he hands up the knife, and he's like, oh. And I'm like, ah! Oh. And Paul Winfield's great in it. Like, mm-hmm. it's wonderful. He's, I'm, I'm amazed he was, he stuck around the Star Trek camp as long as he did, like, why not? Because, like, he's, He's done Shakespeare and all this stuff, and then, and then in Wrath of Khan they put like slugs in his ear. <laughs> yeah. If you go through the cast list, there's a lot of Merrick Buttrick comes back, but that was also because he needed health insurance. Yeah, there's like a lot of actors playing multiple characters. Like even is uh, what's her name, Rolaren in season five yet, or is that? Yeah, I got to Rolaren. Yeah, she is. I forget what episode. Like Riker? No, no. Um, uh, Troy's mother. There's like some guy, uh, David Ogden Stiers, his character. Yeah. Um, his daughter in that episode is Michelle Forbes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, which I already saw that one. Um, I mean, like again, I've seen these all before, but they're all coming. Like I'm rediscovering them. Uh, the Roe Aaron one I liked a lot, mainly for Picard's smugness near the end, where he's just like, "Really? Well, this is what I think you did." <laughs> Um, mm, I don't think he did it like that. No, it's just I can I, I can see it. He's just like, well, I'll tell you what I think happened. Like, there's an inflection in his voice that I dig. So, um, but I'm gonna keep going. Obviously, um, it's Star Trek. I like it. Um, I watched the 2000s. Um, and my only complaint in my review was that the as always, these shows only get four stars because they always seem to fail to discuss the impact of cinema through said decades. <laughs> Uh, and apparently that's being fixed. So thanks, Tom Hanks and Gary Getzman. Um, but yeah, the 2000s one was interesting. Um, a lot of politics talk, uh, more than any of the other decade shows I had seen. Um, going through the Bush presidency was interesting. Going through the 2008 election was. I hated reliving the 2000. Yeah, it was 2008. Yeah, because Palin. 2008 election. Yeah, that that was that was a. I think that was the roughest one to go through because I was like, ah, yeah. Um, but uh, I mean, like, I mean, it's, it's it's what's interesting is like how intricate it got with everything, and like, I do forget that like Barack Obama like didn't like become like like the front runner right away. Like it took time, and it, it took was him a little bit to be Barack Obama. Yeah, um, it's you know it's one of the things. I mean, I'll never forget his going to his uh, speech at. Invesco Field at Mile High. Hmm. I didn't go to that. No, it was amazing. I was in the five hundreds. I could not really see him, but it's pretty. Something you were I'll there. Get, yeah, he's yeah. an inspirational guy. No, oh, I, I like him. I don't get political on this show, but you know. 
Also, his top ten. I miss him. Also, his top ten film list from last year had Black Klansman on it. So Barack Obama and I have the same taste. <laughs> um, but yeah, also I really liked the episode on music. Like the music episodes in these series are my favorites because I'm very music ignorant. Like in terms of like how the trends changes, how the genres move in and out. Like th- with with the 2000s one, like hearing the hip hop side of it was interesting and. The countryside I never would have thought of, um, but it's there. It was. I'm glad it was as brief as it was. Yeah, definitely. Because I was more but... interested in the Dixie Chicks element of it than anything else. <laughs> um, I like the Earl's Got to Die song. Uh, but uh, and uh, what was that? the Rock? The Rock one was interesting and in how rock and roll. Like they finally. Talk... Oh, the other Rock. <laughs> yeah. No, that, that, that... I was like trying to remember what what did Dwayne Johnson do in the 2000s that warranted? Uh, oh, the Scorpion King. Yeah, uh, walking he tall. laid the smackdown on Rudy Pooh the rundown. asses. The rundown. <laughs> um, uh, Get Smart, the movie. Um, He's good in that. Yeah, he is. It's the movie that made me realize he could act. Um, but uh, but no, the, uh, the no rock and roll and how it kind of changed and all the bo- brands that came out of Brooklyn and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, yeah, I love the fucking Strokes. And uh, yeah, I like the, I like. Uh, I mean, I don't like love like Coldplay, but I think Yellow is a good song. Um, so um. And it made me reappreciate Outcast. What would you say? Coldplay is rock. No, but it was. But they talked about how it kind of blended a bunch of different okay. things. Like, I was like, curious. It's part like of a new loud. British invasion. They said. They said something. it was like. Yeah. They said it was if U two and Radiohead combined somehow, and it was friendly. Like so, I, is it U two before nineteen ninety two? Because then I'm on board. If it's U two after nineteen ninety two, when pop came out, then I'm not on board. It's the two thousand. So so. Well, I'm not on board. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I think the '80s one actually addressed you two and how inspirational their songs were. But yeah, by yeah. the 2000s, like, it's like I was thinking, yeah, Vertigo. Okay, that's yeah, not as no. I like old school U2, but I could not. I it's, I grew up on the Vertigo song first before I heard any of their older oh, stuff. So fuck. that's how I got into them. So I think their last great album was Act Tongue Baby, but you know I'm uh, not a fan. So who am uh, I to judge? I love the song Hands That Built America um, from the Gangs of New York soundtrack, but um, but that's also because I really like that movie. Um, but yeah, no, and then um, these are the Hands That Built America. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> that's not how they sing it. Probably. Um, <laughs> uh, but the t- and the tech episode was really interesting too. Like how. Like Microsoft just like completely lost touch with everything, and Apple kind of surmounting stuff. They, I, I had never seen the interface of Friendster before, so that was interesting to see the interface of Friendster for the first time. Uh, and uh, just yeah, it was. It oh, was, MySpace. <laughs> oh yeah, they talked. Times. They 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 made a good case for why MySpace was somehow more interesting than Facebook ever will be visually uh, for yeah, sure. It's important. Uh, and then, yeah, and then Facebook and whatnot. Where are you now, Tom? (laughs) Ground control to Major Tom. Can you hear me, Major Tom? Uh, but yeah, and then, like, like I said, the television one was interesting, obviously, because, you know, this is the, this is like the dawn of reality shows. That one, that one was tough to watch because I'm like, oh yeah, we fucking suck. They focus on the Friends finale. You like that? Oh yeah. Yeah, for for a good second, yeah. I'm really going to sign up for the Geeks Who Drink Friends, like, uh. Uh, theme quiz and I might just go by myself. Uh, yeah, dude, I wish I could help you. Well, no, you can yeah. still come with me. I'll pay for you if you want to go. All right, I'll sit there. Yeah, but dude, I'll, I'll, I'll be there for you. Maybe I'll, uh, when, when the rain starts to pour, I'll be there ah, for you. Damn it, that's a good one, Zach. Applaud <laughs> yourself. Um, I'm going. I, I do like. I, can, I might. I may be able to solve something like tangentially. Yeah. 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 I'm fucking doing it. I, I remember the monkey months. episode. 
Like, be like, what's that other Jennifer Aniston movie? And like, oh, yeah, Horrible Bosses. Yes, that's it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, how far in advance do you have to register for them? Uh, I think the Nintendo one was like a month or two. Okay. I mean, you can you can register the day of if there's space. Yeah, I mean, because I, I know it's coming up. I know that's in the calendar, but I haven't seen anything to, like, register for it. But uh, it's happening. And uh, I'm going to fucking crush it. I think, well, it's not the next one, so I think... No, it's... I think you it's have to wait two, until at least that. Yeah. It's two away. Because I think the next one is... Uh, Seinfeld? No. <gasps> there's a Game, Seinfeld one? Game of Thrones, maybe? Maybe it's Game of Thrones. I can't remember. I don't know. If there's a Seinfeld one, will you guys go with me? I like Seinfeld a lot. What's the deal with Seinfeld <laughs> theme quizzes? <laughs> but I don't want to be a pirate. No quiz um, for you. <laughs> Kenny? Kenny! <laughs> it's still one of my favorite Kramer lines. Um, so yeah, the 2000s, it was great. It actually makes me want to rewatch The Sopranos when I watched that thing. I was like, I want to watch The Sopranos again. Yeah, it's also and like Six Feet Under. Proliferation of uh, like premium television. I saw the clips of Dexter, though, and I was like, oh, I remember how that ended, so no. Uh, but yeah, and then, uh, and then I rewatched Get Out, um, which... Still, best film of 2017 for my taste. Um, it, I mean, Spider-Man: Homecoming, but what do you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, it, rewatching it, uh, I kind of like having. Uh, I've seen it so many times now, so I kind of try to watch it from different angles and whatnot. And just mm-hmm. like, I don't know why he beats himself over up over this. Like, it is a horror movie. Like, it doesn't like have the same predominance as like maybe us does, but get out's a horror movie. Like it's got a mad scientist I element so, to yeah. it. And uh, I feel like you know. that's a still a thriller though. Yeah. It's a thriller, but there's, there's horror. like science lambs isn't a horror movie, but it's definitely a thriller. Yeah. Yeah. But it's got the mad scientist element and you see Steven Root's brain get cut up and he stabs Bradley Whitford with a deer. So, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> um, and I mean, I still, I mean, I, I, I don't know why, but Allison Williams's performance this time around like gave me even more shivers than it ever has before. It's maybe because I know where she's going to end up by the end of this. But when she comes out of the house in that in those fucking like jockey pants and like her hair in a ponytail and she just like with the, with the gun, I'm just like, fuck this. This this gal's crazy. Like I, I just started laughing my butt off. Because it's just like, oh, this is like, it's a great imagery. It, it, it's weird because when I saw that, all I got was boner. Wow, okay, interesting. <laughs> Racists give you boners? Interesting. <laughs> no. Allison Williams. <laughs> no, no, her Allison butt Williams. in like polo pants or whatever it is. I guess so. Um, also, <laughs> I, and, and, and obviously Lil Ray, Lil Ray Hallard um, uh, plays Rod, like still one of the most unsung mm. hero performances of that film. Yep. So yeah, Good that's stuff. all I watched this week. Uh, I'll get caught up on a few things. Uh, so I've been watching so many Cary Grant movies that I'll get to in a second that I say, you know, I really need to Fuck. watch <laughs> movies that I don't have to pay as much attention to. Because uh, Zach can attest, movies from the 30s and 40s, it's all about the dialogue. So you really kind of have to pay attention to the film. I argue that and the camera work, too. Yeah. You do want to, like, see how they used to stage stuff. But uh, that's a whole So I watch uh, Beverly Hills Cop, which is a fun movie. Uh, if you haven't seen it. Hey, Ryan. Hey, hey. Uh, Eddie Murphy plays a Detroit detective whose friend gets murdered and he goes out to L.A. to investigate, which I'm pretty sure you can do as a police officer. I heard you could. Um, But it's still fun. Um, It's just a fun movie. Uh, Billy, I need your help. All right. Axel. (laughs) I had that dream again. (laughs) You know, there's the theme is using that movie a lot that and then it's played in the background. While dialogue's happening, do you like that one more than the Neutron Dance from Two? I like uh, yeah. Neutron Dance a lot. Well, 
I'd have to see two. I haven't seen it in a long time. But I mean, the first one's really fun. Yeah. I'd be talking about just the music. Like, it's like, Neutron Dance, I love that song. And I love how Peter Griffin does it in the first season of Family Guy. <laughs> uh, so, no, I, um, so, yeah, I, 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 it's a fun movie. I haven't seen it in a really long time, and it's just fun to sit back and watch it. Uh, I watched uh, Halloween 2018 again. Uh, uh, Hollow Green. For the for the first time in 4K, it looks really good. Oh yeah, um, I, I love and the 4K. You can see his mask cracks and stuff really well. Mm-hmm. I still think it's a really great movie. Um, probably the fourth best film of 2018. Yeah, some would say. Um, <laughs> again, disappointed in the Blumhouse special features. Not that great, um, but I, the I, movie's fun. I have to hope Scream will do something with yeah, it at some point. Maybe we'll see. Mm, don't hold you. Don't hold your breath. Scream Factory, um, call us at. Seven two zero six. more than happy. To. I, I watched Spider Man into the Spider Verse, which that movie is awesome. And in four K, it's wow. Um, the colors are just all over the place, and the seven point one surround sound just is yeah. Best movie from twenty eighteen. Some people would say it's so it's it's so good. The sound's so good you can hear the the greatest line of last year. Sometimes I light a match and yes. let it burn down to my fingertips to feel the pain in glorious stunning seven point one sound. Absolutely. I don't know what this is, but I'm taking it. <laughs> <laughs> um I, I watched all the critters uh for my twentieth part of Scream Factory uh crypt. And what was your conclusion? Um so the first two movies are actually really fun. Uh the, I mean, they're movies about little fur balls that eat people. Yeah. Um, and it's played as a dark comedy. Uh, Do they the get second... bigger when they eat people? Yes. Okay. So there is like really big ones towards the end. You've never seen a critter film? No. Well, you'd uh, like them. They're uh, fun. Let you borrow them. Um, so the second one I think is actually better than the first one. Uh, excuse me. The second one's called Mick Garris's yes, Critters Two. Uh, the main course. Yes. Because um, it moves a little. Uh, they're all the same like length, but it moves. Faster because it's more focused on the comedic a- aspect. Mm-hmm. In this one, there there's like an Easter egg hunt and the critters' eggs hatch, and then the critters go around and kill people. Yeah, um, it, it takes a lot because there's also this intergalactic bounty hunters that come. It's so there's really goofy stuff in it. Um, but if you can get past that, um, the movies are really fun, mm-hmm. except for the third and fourth one, which they totally cut the budgets for. So the critters don't show up. And so if you see a horror film and it's about little furry monsters that eat people don't you want you want to see them eat people and the third and fourth one they don't show up to like 40 minutes into the movie Mm -hmm. so then you're just forced to go through uh really bad acting to get to the critters eating people when they do it picks up but by then the movie is over half done mm-hmm. it's like Man, i just want to see them eat leonardo dicaprio well you see they they took the hitchcock approach where they made it about one thing and then 40 minutes later they made it about another thing <laughs> yeah it, it's so critters three and four are really like psycho ryan <laughs> yeah the what i was really shocked with though is scream factory put feature length documentaries on the first two mm-hmm. and then like 40 minute ones on three and four yeah and they had uh, commentaries, so it took me a long time to get through this set. Yeah, and um, and the commentaries are pretty fun. They have the producer and the guy who's like in all four of them, and they're they're pretty fun listening to them. And the guy who wrote Critters claims he wrote it before Gremlins came out, but he's dead now, so there's really no way to prove it. Mm. Uh, but they do have a great great little tribute to him on it too. He's he's a, and he's interspliced into the documentaries, and he's a pretty funny guy. Mick Garris does a commentary on two, doesn't he? Uh, no, there is no commentary on two. It's the only one that doesn't have a commentary. But he's part of the special features on it. Yes. Like he's interviewed, right? Yeah, he's interviewed. I think I'm sure he did stuff for Sleepwalkers. So, so yeah, so it's it's fun. I mean, if you want to watch totally B 
movie monster comedies. Yeah. It's the worst you, way to spend 86 minutes. Have you watched the new binge yet? Uh-uh. The Shutter one um, that the Nix brothers worked on? Uh-uh. Um, I've heard it's pretty interesting, and the episodes are like only 10 minutes apiece. So cool. It's pretty easy it to watch. Um, I took my little guy who went and saw How to Train Your Dragon, The Hidden World. Um, okay. That's really good. Um, I feel the way I feel about all the How to Train Your Dragons, where they're a, it's a pretty fun movie. Um, it doesn't have the emotional um, pull that a Pixar film does, but, I mean, it's animated beautifully. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, at the end of the day, it's still cool to see dragons and people fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do a cool, uh, great job of creating the dragons to make them unique. Uh, each dragon has a unique look to it. So I, I had fun with that. My little guy liked it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw Us last week, which is Jordan Peele's new film, and I, I really liked it. Yes, um, you did. There's one of it's. It made me think a lot, and I thought the the tension in it was really good. Um, I think there are some unanswered questions, and I, I read things and you know people trying to explain it. Um, it still doesn't. The tethered still doesn't make a hundred percent, a hundred percent sense to me. Um, I don't want to spoil the film because it's still pretty fresh, but mm-hmm. um, I need to watch it a few more times because there's little clues throughout it that I picked up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, the twist ending I saw coming as soon as I saw the opening. Um, but did it detract you from enjoying no, it? No, no, yeah. no, not at all. Um, I, I still think like Winston Duke's really great in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the Peter Neon. Yeah, her she, her duality roles are amazing she's really great in it um isn't it amazing how she's carved her niche for herself doing interesting voices like whether it's Maz katana or red (laughs) well and she's i mean she's a great actress so the movie's really well made i think jordan peele has a pretty interesting filmmaker um because this is uh if you're expecting get out you're gonna be really disappointed oh yeah because this is if I uh, to me, this is more straight up horror than that would ever be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still have some. Uh, when I say some, I still have actually a lot of questions about it. But if I can put aside my differences and what I issues I have with it, I think it's a really, really effective horror film, and I had a lot of fun watching it. Yeah, uh, I, I I I keep thinking about it. I'm gonna be my my dad wants to see it, so I'm gonna take him. But cool. I still think that that final image of the hands across America is one of the funniest slash scariest things i've seen in a yeah. movie in a while i i like i had an uncomfortable giggle the first time i saw it because it was so ambitious and i was like oh my god he fucking did it well That's i mean so i'm amazing. saying not spoilers and zach's just gonna tell you at the end of the movie but um we've all seen it in this room so i know but maybe oh. people listening haven't <laughs> you should have seen it already <laughs> um so I, I had issues with some of that stuff um and i won't say why but there's some parts to the tethered that doesn't make sense to me right that needs and I understand he's not going to explain it. He doesn't have to. It's a horror film. Um, so I'm interested. I, I, I think it's a movie that definitely warrants repeat viewings. I also realized it's one of the most interesting remakes of Chud we've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So I really liked us. You should definitely check it out. Um, for my Cary Grant, um, I watched uh, When You're in Love. And this is one you can only get on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. It's a Sony Columbia release. Um, it stars Grace Moore, who was an opera singer, and she died, I think, 10 years after this in a plane crash. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's really a vehicle for her. Um, it opens up with her singing, and it's – my issue with this film is um, it, the mo- movie's fun, but then they'll go to an opera moment where she's singing, and it grinds whatever momentum the film has. Yeah, Not because – I mean, she has an amazing voice. She's extremely talented. But it's hard to go from 
Cary Grant is um, stuck in Mexico, and so she agrees to marry him because she also can't get a visa to get into America because she's Australian. So he needs money to get out of Mexico to pay for the rent he's in. He's also an artist. She needs to get into America, so they agree to get married. She gets a visa. They can both go to America, and he can pay his debt to this hotel. Uh, I, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm looking it up because I, I, this title sounded familiar. Yeah, no, this is – So he – so the scenes with him and her – He's not important in this movie at all. No, so, <laughs> but the scenes with him and her are amazing. It's really funny because – so you meet her, and she's singing, and you find out what thing she's caught up in. And so she – so he's in his room and he's playing this music and she comes in and starts talking to him and um, the manager of the hotel is going to kick him out and she says she'll pay for he'll she'll pay for his room because he's listening to not her music but some opera music and then he says that how much he likes her but yeah. he likes her old stuff because her new stuff doesn't have any um, any soul to it and he doesn't know that the person he's talking about is the performer. Um, it's like me when I accidentally walked into Aerosmith's dressing room. <laughs> exactly. So, um, so it's really funny, and they're really great together. So they get married, and he keeps on trying. He'll show up at like her apartment and stuff, and say, "Now you told me you'd marry me," and um, it, it's it's really good. And then she'll sing a song, and it's like, Aah! yeah, it lost all its screwball comedy stuff. Yeah. And she's, I mean, again, she's really talented, and it's. The movie is pretty infamous for having Minnie the Moocher, yep. a song in it that was edited out when it went on um, when they released it. Um, the Sony release on Amazon Prime put it back in. Mm -hmm. So um, the, it's now like 110 minutes and most cuts are like 90 or like 100 or something or 104, something like that. I can't remember off the top of my head. I, I just I just read about it online. Yeah, the mini of the Moocher thing is the big... Because um, it was know, advertised all over the place. And then, it's and then listening to the song, I guess it's supposed to be risque. I'm like, oh, whatever. It's about it's a girl 30s who's... risque, right? Well, it's about a girl who's a floozy, but whatever. Um, uh, um, but yeah, no, like, that's an unfortunate thing But in most it, I mean, of that era. Like, you will have musical numbers that will just grind the thing to a But it's a bummer because it is... I mean, when she's with him and they're just playing off each other it's actually really good mm -hmm. but that also movie kind of is supposed to make her a star and she didn't she only had one more movie after that yeah and then she i mean she died like eight years after her last movie but she was really well known around the world i didn't know she was that famous yeah um, oh, i mean you uh i mean like it's star vehicles that's what the studio systems did we still technically do that but yeah and um so you I mean basically they're i mean and it was 37 so carrie grant was just got done, I think, Awful Truth. Yeah, so he was so blown up yet. kind of starting to get there. Yeah, but he had, like, it's not the Cary Grant. But you can see his Awful Truth, Cary Grant, and he's really good in it. And she's, when she's not singing in a, just the pacing hurts the film. Yeah. But she's good in it. She just, the pacing sucks. Right. Um, I also saw uh, Every Girl Should Be Married, which um, stars his second wife, Betsy Drake. Mm -hmm. um, it's her first movie, and... Again, there's there's some issues with this movie because it's this girl who's crazy about being married and um, Cary Grant. Uh, so she's basically trying to trick Cary Grant into marrying her. And Cary Grant is a bachelor and he's a pediatrician, but he's the really handsome pediatrician that she falls in love with. So she sets up these elaborate schemes to get him to marry her. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't speak very highly for women. Yeah. Um, the screwball part in it's pretty funny. Um, but? But it, it, it's also, 
he goes away for a long time in it, and the film actually suffers because of it. Yeah. Because you, you don't see him long enough, so he kind of comes across as an asshole. Where at the end, where her big plan is revealed, spoilers for a movie that's 80 years old, um, you know, she tricks him into marrying her. She what? <laughs> yeah. But he knew all along this actor that she hired to make him jealous. So he knew and he decided that he did love her and that he was going to marry her. And that's all she wanted was to have this house and this pediatrician as a husband. And it's just really misogynistic. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is some there are some really funny moments in it. Um, so now you understand the problem that I go through every time I watch these films and something like those things pop up and I'm like, ah, but. And, uh. and, and Betsy Drake, she went on. She was more of a writer. Um, mm-hmm. She went. She really didn't star in too many more things after this. Yeah. And she, I mean, she wrote some good films. I, I have one more with her and Carrie Grant. I think it's called Room for One More. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, she's okay in it. She, she comes across kind of annoying uh, because it, it, when you look at it through like modern sensibilities, you go, you don't need to be married, mm-hmm. you know. And her and her friend have some fun stuff, but she also she she's not that funny. So it's hard when he goes away, yeah, because you miss him being aloof. It's tough to describe, it, but no, I no, it's I not get a it. horrible film, but it's it's fun. But I, it's tough. It, it's <laughs> the same issue I have listening to old Burns and Allen episodes because I love Burns and Allen. But there's a lot of a girl should be married trying to trick a man into marriage yeah. kind of stuff where I'm just like, ah, I, I, and, you know, but me, this is funny somehow, but, uh. you know, I, I, I like this stuff where it's like the scrappy poor guy trying to like fight his way into society. Yeah. 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 Like holiday with uh, Catherine Hepburn. I freaking love, I think he's great in that film. Yeah. 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 Um, again, like you have to, We've talked about this with context. You you do have to take these films at their at their context and at at their face value. And you can but. see, uh, I I do know that he fought really hard for her to be in this film, mm-hmm. and so it seems like it was a vehicle for her to be in. And he yeah. tried to make her a star, and that's fine. That's cool. Um, you know, it's who get you know. I, I I'm reading a biography about Cary Grant right now, and I guess one of the reasons why he didn't get an Oscar is because Hollywood did not like him. Because after he fulfilled his contract with Paramount, he went like uh, he was a free agent. Yeah, and so he he encouraged other actors to be like, "Don't sign contracts." He encouraged Jimmy Stewart to do it. Yeah, and so yeah. a lot of people didn't like him in Hollywood for it. So there's an entire episode. There's an entire episode of the Jack Benny program where they make fun of uh, Jimmy Stewart being a free agent and Jack trying to get him to do a movie with him. It's pretty funny. So yeah, so I I'm just keeps beginning. Th- Jack that. keeps thinking that Jimmy Jimmy can't get work because <laughs> he's a free agent. It's really funny. So I, no, so I'm just beginning in that part. It's like, a, and only someone like Cary Grant, who has that panache, and is like, no, I'm not doing what you're telling me to do. I'm going to do the movies I want to do. Yeah, and and it served him well. And you know, his later movies, Operation Petticoat and Father Goose, are great. Right. So um, I do have his last film that I'm actually going to say for the last movie of his I watch. Yeah. Um, it's called Walk Don't Run. So um, and in that one he. I just read about it. He plays a guy trying to set up another guy. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of him passing the torch. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he just wanted to raise his kid. So it's interesting. And he, he his his life is really interesting. Yeah. So and when you look at it that way, you know. I mean, I was texting you about it this week. Yeah. I, I was re- I'm reading that George Burns, All My Friends book, which, by the way, is a it's a book I've read before when I was like 
in band class trying to pass the time but, <laughs> um, instead of playing the saxophone like I should have. But, um, th- you know, he met Cary Grant in vaudeville and yeah. he knew Jack and George and Gracie and all those guys. And he was apparently his act consisted of doing stilts. Yep. Cary Grant was like well renowned. I-, I just got past that part in this book where he's in vaudeville and mm-hmm. he there's some vaudeville star who didn't want Cary Grant and the other guys of this troupe to be on the show because they're so good at the stilts mm-hmm. so they set off on their own and they created like this um demand for him and then they eventually they came back to that one guy and he's like oh no now you can be in my show yeah and so yeah i didn't I didn't know stilts there yeah. you go and then and anytime we make fun of youtube videos where they're doing crazy stunts and whatnot just remember vaudeville was that nuts except we just didn't upload it to the internet <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> um cool that's what i watched this week speaking of what we watched this week this week on Real Nerds Podcast, we saw Dumbo. Tim Burton's Dumbo. Brad, did you have time to see Dumbo? I did. I saw it. And what did you think of Dumbo? Uh, Dumbo and his mom are really cute, and all that stuff in the movie is are really cute. Um, but then there's these human characters that they try to <laughs> craft a you know added stories around, and the dialogue is really bad. Um, I feel. Uh, and for you know, for trying to add stuff to Dumbo, no one, none of those human characters really have a struggle. That you know, the movie's about Dumbo, so it really shouldn't focus on their struggles. But again, like it, it makes it seem like 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 you give Colin Farrell a missing arm, and then it never really plays into anything. You know, it's more about the fact that he can't you know relate to his kids. Um, so yeah, I just I just think it's a giant missed opportunity in a lot of places. Um, and everything else is just kind of a you know modern version of the movie, so yeah, slick and glossy. So mm-hmm. yeah, Zach. Um, there's a lot of this film that I liked, but there's way more that I didn't like. Um, I uh, I feel like my biggest problem with the film is the script. Um. I think the human characters could have worked with a better script or a rewritten script because the structure that they're going with is interesting, but it, it, there's no fruition to it. Um, I know Aaron Kruger has had an interesting writing career, but this seems to be somehow the best script he's written, and that's not saying much, uh, at least for me. like I'm sure he's fine and successful, so whatever, but like I don't think there's anything to go off of here. I think the animation of Dumbo looks amazing and his mom as well. Um, and the way they get emotion out of it, like the movie makes me cry where it wants me to cry, but it doesn't hold any water for me. I think the best parts of this film also come from the Tim Burton parts, which are, I want to see him do something that's not inhibited by this. So, um, I kind of wish he hadn't have gone back to Disney territory. Um, but whatever, he's going to do what he's going to do. Um, I don't think you need to watch it. I think it's, it's slightly better than the Alice in Wonderland remake, but that's not saying much. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, you don't need to see this film. So going in this, I, I, I'm a huge Disney classic animation animation fan, yeah. and I think Dumbo is one of their best movies. Mm-hmm. So right away, it's I already part of the big five. So I already have apprehension going in. Tim Burton's directing it, so that adds to my anxiety for it, because mm-hmm. um, I don't think he's a good director and or a good storyteller. Um. And so while I'm watching this, it feels like structurally it's not complete. There seems like there's lots missing from it. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes I'm like, am I paying attention to the movie? Mm -hmm. 
And then I realize I am. I'm just missing stuff. Um, so when I rated it on Letterboxd, I gave it two stars. I gave one star because I like a moment with Dumbo. And it's not all the moments. And then my kid was clapping when Dumbo was flying. So mm-hmm. I thought it was really cute. Um, and other than that, the, the movie's garbage. Like, he, he, it's not good. Here's a trailer for Dumbo. Welcome, baby Dumbo. We're all family here, no matter how small. back inside but she's his mom do something she needs us look at me we're gonna bring your mama home he doesn't look like magic to me to believe in them. You can do it, Dumbo. Show them. Fly, Dumbo. Fly, baby of I'm, I'm going to double down on my statement. I think Tim Burton's not the problem. I think that oh. script is the fucking problem. Mm. Yeah. I think that script is so is so underdeveloped, so hackneyed, attempting to expand on a 65-minute film that also, by the way, has to and, – and this is fine – does have to get rid of the, 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 the Crow song, which mm. – I think if you had found a different way to do it, it would have been interesting. But, like, yes, we don't need crows singing. But, you know, I would have liked a talking mouse in the movie. But I will also counter that, that um, I don't think the crows from the 1940 version are that racist. I think people are really sensitive. Um, And I say that because they are performed by African-American artists. Mm. um, And that you lose. There's something lost when Dumbo isn't the focus mm-hmm. and the kids are given horrible dialogue yeah. because I don't give a shit about the kids. Yeah. And I think the little girl and she's, she's very cute, but I think she's not a good actress. And that's where I do blame someone like Tim Burton, because as a director, you're the one who's going to dictate what performance you're going to get from somebody. And you are, you are making casting choices and yeah. you're making casting choices. So he, whether it's this dark shadows, Alice in Wonderland, fucking Beetlejuice, whatever it is with him, 
he doesn't have a singular vision personally he doesn't have a singular vision anytime he makes a film mm. he's like oh this looks cool so for, in, in this in this movie he has a scene where it's nightmare island and he, these monsters these animals are painted up to look scary so he creates a fog scene which mm. looks cool yeah but it doesn't add any context to the film because so you're trying to scare him and then you're going to show that it's performers making these scary things to make this one dude who kind of looks like Christopher Reeve upset who's a horrible villain like he doesn't make any sense at all yeah. and then it, Michael Keaton seems really out of place in the film because, everyone has weird accents he has yeah he changes constantly I actually thought it was interesting watching him do that and but you know, I expect Danny DeVito and Danny DeVito whatever because his dialogue is not good this is the least interesting Danny DeVito performance and it's and, it, and the film just stumbles and to me that's as a director and this is my biggest problem with Tim Burton no matter any movie of his I see sans Wee's big adventure um is he doesn't he, he's telling a story and he tries to do it visually, but he doesn't have a complete story. So a lot of it feels underdeveloped because like really Ava Green obviously has some tension with Michael Keaton, yeah, but, but they don't, they don't go anywhere again. I, uh, again, like, and I know that Tim Burton should be more involved in developing that, but I, I saw in the credits that Aaron Kruger is an executive producer on the film. So it feels like this was a, this was a, Really, a job but, for hire where so, Tim Burton's but, but, making visual decisions. But, but, but let me ask you a question: Does Tim Burton would you consider him a really big director in Hollywood? I would say yes, and I would say that. I mean, Alice in Wonderland made a billion dollars. He gets yes. work like every year. Yeah, so if, yes, but his stock is declining. That's because he allows it to. Yes, he, and, well, he I, should go in there and say, "This is what I want, and this is how I want it to be." Because he does, he can make a good movie. I'm not, I'm not the biggest Batman '89 fan, but that movie is cohesive. Yeah. And it has a point, and, and it's and driving you, somewhere. And you like Ed Wood, so. and I, I love Ed Wood. And but you you get to Dumbo, and so you know, he's, look at Baby Jumbo, and then they laugh and make fun because his ears are big. Like that whole opening was horribly done. Oh, that sign going from uh, "Welcome, Baby Jumbo," and then the 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 thing that looks like a D dropping down, and it goes Dumbo. I and I the, I almost threw my hands up in the even, air and left. Even <laughs> before that. It's like, oh, he has big ears. Get that abomination out of here. And it, there's no emotional weight to it. Where you And the Dumbo little elephant is way cuter in the animated version because it had more personality. This, this Dumbo is like, oh, here's a CGI thing. I, I think they did better with it than I expected them to. But... Until you had Ava Green flying on him and it looked horrible. Yeah. I... I... And I also, just, and also, this, I'm this, always gonna have issues with this film. <laughs> no, no, I know. I, I'm, I was, I'm gonna bring up another one. This whole concept of let's make fun of Disneyland when we're a Disney movie is is way is wearing thin with me. And I think that this is the worst attempt at it. At least with Wreck It Ralph two or Ralph Breaks the Internet, I, I still call it Wreck It Ralph two. When they made fun of di themselves, it felt more. But but, but but here too in Wreck It Re Ralph Wrecks the Internet. Um. See what I did there? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, the the princesses in that mm -hmm. prove their worth at the end. Yeah. So, but, but so with this one though, there's it, nothing there. Yeah. They, no, they they keep like make it, they make this commentary about Disneyland without adding weight to it, yeah. which which was frustrating because Tim Burton has done this before, where he has subverted the idyllic expectation and done it really well, like. 
Mars Attacks does that really well with but American, yeah, with American. Because there's parts in Dreamland that like the sets are really cool. Yeah, but they have no weight to them emotionally. The, and or you do like so story wise. So Danny DeVito is just gonna walk around. And he has this office. And he has to fire his like people. There's no emotional core. Like there's and Brad mentioned, they're so underdeveloped that you just don't care. And he's making a circus movie. This should be. A great Tim Burton movie because it's already set in the frickin' circus. Exactly. And there should be, in the original Dumbo, Timothy Q. Mouse says, Oh, a bunch of wise guys picking on a baby. You know, there's no moment like that. It's yeah. Colin Farrell without arms like, Oh, leave that elephant alone. It he, is, he is the weirdest disassociated dad I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> like, he's, you know, he says, Their mama used to take care of that. Well, your wife died, dude. And I get that you came back from the war and you lost your arm, but Brad's right. They don't even linger on it. Like, he says, oh, yeah, that happened, and they go hug him. It's, 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 it is um, – there. Are, like I said, there are parts of this film that I really – like that I latched onto from a personal standpoint of just like I love the circus aesthetic. I like – circus is essentially a, a, an alternative to vaudeville at this time in, in the history of when they're setting the film. So I like that aspect of it, but – None of it holds weight because I don't – I care about Danny DeVito more than I care about anybody else in that circus, and that's not where my care should be lying, really. Yeah, um, I love the ending, though, when he goes through the entire circus. <laughs> I think that's a great moment because it mm. talks about – like because it, it, isolated But why does he break the fourth wall? I, I, I'm a sucker for those, I will fully admit. But like I like that notion of him creating a family. But, it, again, it does no, hold no weight. Because um, you don't care about him. Yeah, I... Because I, he's an ass all the way through the movie, and then he says, he's a maintenance worker. Yeah. He, and then he gives a thumbs up, and you're supposed to like him again? They, For a two-hour... For a close to two-hour film, this film is severely underdeveloped, and I think that, that this is clearly Tim Burton... Do, taking a job to do some vis, vi, yeah, interesting visuals. control. To, to make some interesting visuals, and that's it. I think that the film he did before this, Miss Peregrine's Home for or Home for Peculiar Children, is way better than this movie, by leaps and bounds. Um, and I will uh, say, Evergreen looks great. Uh, that I'm listening currently to um, there, not necessarily to plug another podcast, but it's been providing some perspective. Uh, Blank Check with Griffin and David has been doing Tim Burton's filmography, um, and they've better been discuss they've been discussing it. Like it's it's very interesting to watch how. The decline's really going to start on the next episode with the Alice in Wonderland because, like, Sweeney Todd's kind of where he peaks at, like, after that he doesn't really do much that's worth watching Sweeney again. Sweeney Todd, at least, it's, like, visually interesting. And and it's trying to tell a story. And, like, I mean, I would say Big Eyes is the best film he's done in recent years um, out I of always, all of them. So, um, I don't know, Brad, maybe you can try. I, I, Are you going to let me talk? Yeah. <laughs> it's sitting over here trying to hold on to the thought for, like, 20 minutes now. No, it's it's ruined. It's ruined. Now, now I sound like an asshole. I'm waiting. <laughs> the one inspired thing I thought was the pink elephants part where um, at one point I thought, because I wasn't following it very closely because I was sitting there going like, man, this dialogue sucks. Um, <laughs> but Dumbo's watching the pink elephants. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool that maybe him watching the bubbles is him imagining them as elephants. But then Danny DeVito goes like, oh, pink elephants. I'm like, ugh. That would be been a good like internal thing yeah. for like just in Dumbo's imagination, yeah. like maybe the smartest thing in the movie, um, and that didn't. Yeah, he ruined it with the oh, the people can see it too. So yeah, which made no sense. Which like... also, <laughs> the crowd is more impressed with the fact that uh, an elephant can fly than the fact that they can actually 
mold and can form <laughs> bubbles into pink elephants. Yeah, that, again, like, what's the science of these bubbles dancing? Yeah, that alchemy. Fuck that. Let's get that, that elephant in the fuck air. Fuck that wizard shit. Look at that weird mutant. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. This, this, this is... I'll give Alice in Wonderland one thing. I've rewatched it more than once. This one, I don't know if I ever want to rewatch. I will never watch this movie again. I will watch Dumbo. Yeah, it's sixty-five minutes. Like I will say, I liked their the way they did Baby Mine. Um, mm. uh, I like like where the sideshow performer singing it, and like the visual of the cage where it says Mad Elephant is very like it's on point. It works, but again, like an interesting visual isn't going to be enough when this story is so beloved. Like somebody was saying that like, since it's such an old movie that they're remaking, it doesn't matter. I'm like, no, I think it does. Like, I don't think they realize how many people do still watch Dumbo or probably have a VHS or a DVD even of it. Like this, it's going to hold weight. Like, I don't know what the box office results were, but I don't see this having any legs. It did all right. Yeah. I, Cause even like, so you maybe remember the, the, Tarnation bad guy. Yeah. Uh, the guy who was whipping Oh, the guy got crushed then, by the pole. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And then he comes in and's going to start causing problems. Hey, man, man, I'm old prospector. <laughs> I don't know. What the hell was that guy? His dialogue was maybe the worst in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. But, but he dies pretty quickly, so it's okay. He does. Yeah, he does. And then everybody's that. upset that he died and he was whipping the elephants and being a total asshole to everybody. Mm-hmm. And then until I unfortunately realized that that's probably how the elephants were treated back in oh, the circus no, days. Sure. So. But I just kept on. Uh, I like the orchestration of Casey Jr. That is one thing I like yeah. about this movie. At the beginning of the film where they're doing the, the, the Indiana Jones map yeah, travel. Really bad. <laughs> but I like the orchestration of it. Did Danny Elfman do the music on this one? I don't know. I don't I think know. he did. I'm going to assume so. But when I was sitting there and they did that and they showed the silhouettes of people working on the, the circus, my eyes literally rolled. I'm like, oh, here we go. Buckle up, bonehead! You're going for a ride. I did like the uh, the fact that the, like there weren't Medici brothers. Like that was the kind of thing I was like mm-hmm. when the train sequence is going. Like I bet that's a scam part. Yeah. Like there's only because Dandy was not playing himself twice in the movie, and then yeah. when Mike Keaton shows up and reveals like you know you've been looking for a partner and yeah, but yeah, what was that accent? I don't know. It changed which would have been cool if it was like intentionally changing because yeah. he's trying to scam people. Is he gonna be which like- I didn't get the sense after that. Was it going to be like a German scientist developing his own future well, wonder? Even Alan Arkin's like, he doesn't have any money. Well, obviously he has enough money to build this wonderful place. Oh, Alan Arkin had the best line in this movie. Wow, that was disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> it just This movie was not good. Alan Arkin. Yeah. Can we just... Let's do the whole movie from Alan Arkin's perspective. <laughs> I don't want to accuse anyone of it, but it does feel like Tim Burton's just kind of on autopilot. Totally. Oh, yeah. That's what I mean. It's, he, he doesn't have his normal... At least you can always say his movies are visually interesting, but this one is. I saw that interview where he fully admitted, like to the cameras, like I couldn't tell a good script from an, like anything. So it's really about the visuals for him. Yeah, and that's fine. It works well for hot topic, <laughs> or you know, Nightmare Sorry. Before Christmas is fine. But he's also not the director on that, so yeah. no, he still... isn't. And Henry Selick's had choice words for I'm sure his as dir- he does for everybody. <laughs> I'm sure his directive is like, yeah, make this fun for kids. Yeah, and, and that's, that's all he has to do. Yeah, and that's fine. I'm but, sure it is. Like, it looks good. Yeah, I mean, there's some parts that I, like I love the. I said I love the Dreamland kind of uh, uh, the the signs, and I like the look of it. The Metropolis. Type yeah, the feel, but it yeah. doesn't feel like 
um, given enough room to breathe. Yeah. You're really confined. Because, you know, as soon as they get there, oh, Dumbo, you have five days to do this. You know, oh, okay. I guess. Yeah. So I just, I'm a bad guy who's twirling his mustache, even though I don't have a mustache. Good thing everyone can just easily communicate with animals, so five and, days doesn't seem unreasonable. And his his hero moment was really underwhelming. I don't know. Whatever. I'll never see it again. Yeah. I'll have to put up with Tim Burton. But uh, what are we seeing next week? Um, Shazam! Wait, not Pet Cemetery. I can see Dead, Pet Cemetery as well. That isn't better. Well, we need, we discussed this. We, we need to pan it. We did pad some weeks, so. <laughs> well, because we got Hellboy after that, so. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, Pet Cemetery in three weeks. Yeah, you can still see Pet Cemetery. I mean, yeah, you can go see. I'm it. gonna go. We're see just it. not gonna talk about it <laughs> for a while. Seen, I've already seen Shazam, so I'm gonna go see Pet Cemetery this week. But I'll probably see Shazam, Shazam again because I'll see it twice again. Here's, so, here's a spoiler for next ne- week. I really liked it. Yeah, so <laughs> you hear my I, review next week. If I take. Will Kellen be entertained in it? Shazam? He likes Spider-Man. Yeah, probably. He's what, 10 now? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, I guess aesthetically it's a little darker than Spider-Man. But, I mean, the spirit is still way more fun. It's not, yeah, but it's not like dark. That's It's not scary dark. It's well, He just needs dark. to be entertained. The dude gets his head bitten off, so. Yeah, but, I don't know. Okay. And they don't cut away from it. Yeah, that's <laughs> nice. true. So, right, good. there's like, yeah. Some dark monsters. Uh, Spider-Man yeah. doesn't have that. Mm-hmm. No. Yep. But guys, do you watch Tim Burton's Dumbo? Nope. Sorry, I really like that imitation. <laughs> nope. Not sure what that was. Just, you know, go Tim home, Burton. find find your Dumbo Blu-ray of the cartoon, and see how a good film's made. Or watch Fun and Fancy Free, the best Disney movie ever made. Mm, no. Yeah, It's got a ventriloquist. It does. Who somehow is doing MST3K before there was MST3K? Uh, nope. And then a giant rips open the roof of his house that would and be asks him where to find a mouse. Pinocchio is the greatest. I Disney can't believe there's three Disney animated remakes just in the summer. Yeah. Like, is like that Disney in a rush to do something? That trailer for Aladdin, the the new one, I I didn't know how I felt about it at first. I rewatched it again on the big screen. I'm like, I want to see this fucking movie. Looks pretty good. But yeah. after watching Dumbo, I'm like. Well, it's I also really Guy Ritchie. He's a more remakes. fun filmmaker than <laughs> Guy Ritchie is much more interesting n- nowadays. Um, I, I want to see um, Aladdin go say, "I'm going to steal the bread this way." <laughs> and it's going to cut down to uh, like him stealing the bread. Then he's going to cut back and he's going, <laughs> "One jump, hey, the bread line. One swing, hey, the sword. I steal only what I can afford." And then he calculates the angle he has to jump totally. to jump yeah, across awesome. the yeah. I I didn't want, I was wondering why they got Ty- Guy Ritchie to do it, and then watching the trailer, I'm like, oh yeah, the opening sequence. That's why you hired that, oh, that guy. He's, 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 a, he's, director, he's a good but, filmmaker, but it, it it's it, and also the speed of the genie, I guess. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely catered to his style. And then in John Fambro, uh, Simba's gonna have a press conference and go, I am Simba. <laughs> yep. I forgot the Lion King's coming out. Yeah, and Maleficent too. Oh yeah, sure. Do we have to review that one? No. Okay. Disney. You, <laughs> That's uh, right. Until next week. I Bye. Guess. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of Real Nerds Podcast. Real Nerds Podcast is a production of Nebulous Visions Multimedia. Thank you to Sparks Mandrill and Plan 9 Studios for our kick-ass theme song. Also, if you're in the Denver area and you're looking for a cool place to see movies, we see them at the Alamo Draft House in Littleton and now also in Sloan's Lake. 
Thank you to Colorado Coins, Cards, and Comics for supplying us with all our comic needs, especially you, Andrew. You know who you are. And a big shout out to James's mom. I'm giving you an electronic hug that you can feel through the airwaves. Thanks for listening, and have a nice day.